Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the fun, funtacular, I don't know what I was going to say there, I almost said spooktacular, but it's not October, episode of the Sacred Icon Podcast, we're back with 107, and we're in heaven, and you want to know why, I'm going to tell you in just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, why, because I'm your host, Jovial Joshua Hargis, that's me, that's right, love you guys. Uh, joining us again, as always, is my buddy, my pal, my friend, Brian! But joining us, returning to the fold, making for a three-man fire team, is our buddy, Mr. Oni Nightwire himself, ladies and gentlemen. It's Brent Onimo. Brent, welcome back. We've missed you, man. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, I've missed you guys as well. I've missed, uh... Getting in the chair with the mic in front of me, that's for sure. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. It's been too with the with the holidays. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh yeah. Yeah, with the holidays and everything, it's uh it's just been a rough time. People being sick, people being busy, so um but yeah, guys, we got some good stuff to talk about today. Uh a couple different topics that I thought would be interesting for us to talk about. We'll we'll briefly share our opinions on the uh the Halo Paramount series trailer. I know Josh and I talked about it last week, but the trailer hadn't come out then. Uh, got me to watch a few minutes of, of sports ball just to get to that trailer. But then what was B- yeah. what was BS is I was watching the sports ball for like 10 minutes waiting for the trailer and I'm browsing my Twitter and then the Halo 1 Paramount Plus Twitter dropped the video before halftime. So I was like, you just made me watch sports ball for no it. reason? <laughs> Are you serious? See, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I would have figured that you almost would have just been like, yeah, I'm not, you can't, not even a Halo live action trailer could get me to watch. Well, you know what it was? This is honestly what it was. I was at work and the break room TV had sports. The game was already on. So I just went and sat down and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and watch this at Fine, work. Until, I'll watch the sports ball. But then it was like two minutes till halftime and it came up on Twitter. And I'm like, the second I saw the trailer went live on Twitter, I grabbed the remote. I was basically like Andy from Toy Story 2 when he says, I don't want to play with you anymore. I grabbed the remote and I just turned the football game off. I was like, okay, this is useless to my life now. <laughs> it's on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about our opinions on the trailer trailer. Then we're going to talk a little bit about creative burnout, uh, what, who actually gave me this idea. I'm going to give you a shout out. I don't know if you're listening or not, but Tom Jurassic gave me this idea because Tom Jurassic Ooh. was mentioning I love Tom. on Twitter... Um, how he was getting burnt out about Jurassic Park, and that's what that's what kind of recontextualized things for me because um, I saw people have creative burnout before we ever did content creation, and I didn't understand it. And then mm-hmm. we started talking about Halo, and we've but we've gotten burned out on Halo 
probably six times at least since we started the podcast. Yeah, sounds about and so right. So it's it's so now we understand it. But then I'm scrolling across my Twitter and I see Tom Jurassic, who I just see as a guy who lives and breathes dinosaurs. 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 And to see Tom Jurassic, who I just I envision him as living and breathing dinosaurs in Jurassic Park and never yeah. getting tired of it. And scrolling my feed and seeing him be like, yo, I'm burnt out of Jurassic Park. It's like, oh shit, this happens to everybody. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. no matter what. So he gave me the idea to talk about this. And then what like he gave me the idea and then seeing Brent's face kind of like brought it to the top of my mind because I know Brent has experienced some of that. <laughs> my solemn, yeah, my solemn sunken in eyeballs. Yeah, and- <laughs> I think all of us kind of like did this mad rush for Halo Infinite and then it came out. Oh, yeah. We all started playing it, set our thoughts on it, Christmas hit, went into the holidays and then everyone was like, oh shit, I'm exhausted and I need a break. And that's kind of what January was. It was like the uh, the false start to everything, a whole month. Especially on the content creation side. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a mad rush trying to like cover it and 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 play it and cover it at, uh, yeah. the before during and after was a crazy period yeah and then nostalgic i think i think what really i think what sealed the burnout for me was um like trying to continue to make content after it came out and seeing most of the community just bitch hardcore about everything they hated yes and it was like Literally, the worst I had seen anyone. I, I feel like I'm mostly referring to Twitter, uh, other places to Reddit, whatnot. But like, it was the worst I'd seen Twitter, like Twitter's behavior since uh, probably like in like two years. Because the last two years there have been so much excitement and build up for Halo, that that was mm-hmm. enough to keep the the bitching down a bit. But then once mm-hmm. the game was out and people were like, okay, this is what I have, and the the honeymoon phase wore off, and everyone yeah, yeah. played the game a couple times, and they. They, they feel like they're tired of the modes or whatever. Everyone started complaining. I was just like, you know what? I was just like, okay, I was already getting, I was already getting burnt out on Halo. But then when I discovered all the community wants to do is complain, I'm out. I'm just out. And it was just really hard to do anything there for a bit. Um, but I've kind of already started up this conversation. I'm going to pass over here to Brent in a second. But I'm just going to let you guys know the last main topic we're going to have is kind of just Bungie through the years. Um, since we recently have seen that Bungie was acquired by Sony, and they've had a crazy journey crazy. Um, from yeah. being independent to xbox to independent with activision partnership to independent again to now owned by sony it's been all over <laughs> i was talking about that yes. word. yeah so like, make up your mind but yeah so it's it, they've yeah, been nobody's been flip-flopped like that uh that i can think of through the industry and also snip owned, snap snip snap yeah, yeah michael scott owned by sony and microsoft both entirely at one point in their careers at their, yeah. their company's life that's great so we're going to talk about that as our main topic um, but we'll go back, kind of. Uh, let's start with we'll start with creative burnout, and then we'll go to the the Halo series trailer. Brent, what did you experience? How did you feel about that? Like, what's that oh, look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely touched on it. It felt like the uh, the water in the well had been poisoned for sure. Where it's just, and it's so difficult now. You can't really keep other content out of your life, especially if you're in that content creation. Uh, you know that mode, that that grind set, if you will, yeah. <laughs> and you know you just start to see the so much of the just the hate and so much of the negativity, and it kind of seeps into you a little bit, and you, you lose touch with how you actually feel about yep. a product or how you feel well about said. the thing that you love and touch on. So that was a big part of it. Um, to add to that, uh, me and my my uh, compatriot with the Nightwire podcast. Uh, he goes by uh, Devil, Agent Devil, but his name's Allie, a lifelong friend. Uh, we had really done um, an, like an episode every day leading up to the 20th anniversary 
Mm-hmm. And that was a real grind. I mean, he was pumping out show notes for me uh, and writing scripts, uh, you know, just overnight for me, just so I could, all right, cool, you That's got awesome. this one done for me. And I'd jump in the chair and record it all the way up until uh, the 20th anniversary. And we actually had two more episodes planned. And I mean, we were starting to get burned out a little bit just doing that because I was like, all right, man, we're going to make a mad dash and then we're going to take a month off. When we take that month off, then Halo Infinite will come out. But then they shadow dropped mm-hmm. it. Like here you go, here's the multiplayer, yeah. and yeah, uh, no, that was pretty crazy. pretty much everything went out the the window. I know you guys had touched on that a little bit too, where it's kind of like you feel like an old man a little bit. You're like, oh, I mean, I'm glad it's out now, but I, I planned PTO for this. Like, yep. <laughs> like I can't even enjoy it for a month leading up to it. So that was a big part of that. Th- threw a big uh, monkey wrench in our schedule, if you will. Yeah, that's you got you got two. You brought up two things that are like. I could talk about forever. Um, one is how weird just the entire rollout of this game was, which is not really, oh, yeah. not necessarily in the wheelhouse of what we were going to talk about, but it's just, it's one of those things, like you said, it's like, you know, can we really get mad at them for deciding to shadow drop a game for free that we can all play and have fun with each other, especially when no. it's their game and it's their decision? Um, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not really something worthy to complain about, but it's just the mixture of like um, false starts the game had and like, are they going to show the game off and they don't and then they do in 2020 and it looks bad to most people and then there's the delay and it's like how long is the delay and there's it's so much weird you know the the flights and then the second flight and then well the game's released early now randomly but it's also a beta but really nothing about it's a beta just a whole weird experience and then the game finally comes out at like in my time it's like one o'clock during the day it comes out and it's just like right okay you know the days of normal halo releases are gone apparently because this thing's throwing me all over the place and i think for a content creator in the halo sphere you're following everything halo related with a fine tooth comb so you're just like you really feel jostled because you're like you're all, you're hanging on to every minute detail whereas you know for more regular people or whatever you want to say who are just like oh i'll play a new halo when it comes out they probably thought it was cool. They just got off work one day, checked their phone, and they're like, oh, shit, it's live? I'm going to download that. You know, they're not like that. Right. So it's it's not worth necessarily, like, objectively complaining about, but it's worth noting just how weird it, that was. And then the other thing you mentioned um, with, like, uh, burnout and the negativity of the community, um, that's something that's so hard to articulate, and it's really hard to – it's actually impossible to articulate over Twitter. I wouldn't even try. Um, is that, you know – us in specific, I don't. Uh, maybe you, maybe you have this too, uh, uh, Brent. But I'm not sure. But us in specific, we're basically known to people who don't know us very well on Twitter as the Halo positive shills. You know, that's what people yeah. who don't know the, us the Halo the Halo cucks. Yes, yeah. the Halo cucks. <laughs> they have nothing bad to say and just well, lick the boots of sacred or lick the boots of uh, of uh, three four three. And almost said bungee. I, well, I almost no, said three four. I almost said. Uh, Lick the boots of Sacred Icon, but I'd be licking my own boot. Um, but uh, <laughs> Ooh, tasty, clean. The, yeah, the the truth is just the the approach we have to using the Twitter and marketing the Twitter with its 280 character limit is is just different than what we actually say and do in our own community and our own uh, podcast. And anybody who listens to the podcast or is in our Discord doesn't have those criticisms of us because they actually know us. Whereas the Twitter people just see, oh, Sacred Icon posted another positive thing. Um, it's not to be contraire. It's not to lie or fib. We genuinely uh, say what we feel, and we try to lean positive because the fact of the matter, this is what I want to say on Twitter all the time, but I don't want to be antagonistic because I'm like, y'all got that negative shit covered, okay? Like, if we only talk about the <laughs> yeah. positive stuff, 
you are all gonna make sure that we adequately cover the negative stuff, no problem. <laughs> and we've and we've also, you know, That's what to think about. We've also shared negative stuff on Twitter about how we thought the 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 um, progression was sucked in the beginning. We talked about the overpriced uh, cosmetic still- stuff. I still remember sitting there. I was talking with Brian on the phone. I mean, uh, so much of it is fuzzy now, but I was talking to him on the phone during the 20th anniversary stream, and he's at work, and it's like, I was like, man, they better not drop the multiplayer. Like, they better not drop. It needs to be a full release. And I was, like, eating a pizza, talking to him on the phone, watching it, and it goes into, like, that, like, chant music video type thing they did, and then at the end it shows them standing there, and I was like, oh, man. And I'm, like, trying to be quiet so Brian – the volume turned up so loud just so Brian can actually hear what they're saying. And then they shadow drop it. And I was, like, so – I was, like, excited but pissed. But it was one of those <laughs> things where I'm, like, I'm, I'm mad and I'm ranting about it as I'm on my way to my room to download it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <it's> right. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was – that was frustrating. But at the same time, it was cool. But that threw off the momentum, I think, for everyone. It was, like – I think most people were super excited, but for me, it was like, man, we literally had this whole approach that we were going to go with, and it just completely like shelved that, and we had to kind of like relook at it. And I was just like, man, I, I don't want the, I always want the multiplayer as much as I love it. I always want it to supplement the campaign, so it just completely threw it off. Like, I, I I'm still happy yeah. that they, they did that for most people because I, I know, I think we're in the minority. But so that's the thing, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm proud of us for not being reactive and negative because. Honestly, Josh and I, like, impulsively, what we would have loved to post that day on Twitter is like, why the F did they release this game today? This is bullshit. I'm at work. I requested time off. You guys are selfish. Like, we could have said all that stuff, but we don't because, first of all, we need to think it through and, and calculate our – get our thoughts together. But second of all, we just mm-hmm. we just don't post that stuff. It's just not our content on there. But I didn't really conclude my thought. I kind of got – kind of rambled a bit. What you said was – No, you're good. You begin to – what Brent said was um, you begin to start to have thoughts – about something that they're not even your own anymore. Uh, yes. You start to think negatively about the game or the series or some aspect, and then and then eventually, hopefully, you step back and you go, "Wait a minute! I don't even feel this way. It's just this community is so overwhelming, so toxic all the time that they've managed to make me uh, start to go along with it." And I really don't. It was just like you know, even like a couple weeks after Halo Infinite came out, I was like, you know what? The campaign came out. It. I thought it was good. Lived up to my expectations. I didn't have extremely ridiculous expectations. I thought it was fun. I played it through twice, beat on Legendary. Multiplayer was great. Had fun. Uh, you know, um, the gameplay is amazing. And I just thought, yeah, that was good release. You know, they got stuff to work on and there's more to yeah. come, but I'm happy. But then you get on Twitter, it's a week or two past, and everyone's starting to complain about everything. And you're starting to let it seep in. You're starting to go... You start to think, hey, Halo Infinite disappointing, and oh man, did I not like this? I don't like that. And then you had to, I just had to like step back and go, no, 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 no. I actually like that stuff. No, it yeah. wasn't disappointing. Like I even see people. I'll get on Twitter and they'll be like, I'll see a tweet that's, that's got like hundreds, if not a thousand plus likes. It's like, man, if only we knew how how content dry and disappointing this game was going to be months in advance. If we only we could have prepared. And I'm like. Holy shit, that's bleak, and I don't feel like that's true at all. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. damn, like, Truly. holy shit, you're making it sound like we're about to go into World War Three here. It's so emotional, and and, and yes. I'm like, but that's not the case. Like, are we living in the same world? I'm like, it was a fun, competent, well built campaign and great gameplay, and the multi. I know BTB had some troubles, and I know there's not as many playlists, and I know co-ops coming later, but shit, guys, like, Brent, there's you, other you, shit to play. I don't know, and that kind of ties into me, our whole burnout thing, right? Is like. Can't you guys, I mean, can't we do anything other than play Halo? Like, okay, let's say BTB's down. Okay, well, maybe they'll fix it in a week or two. Uh, right. Play something else. Uh, watch a movie. Hang out with your spouse. I don't know. 
uh, hang out with some friends. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, well, Brent, tell me, tell me if you agree with this, but I think. I think for Brian and I, and then I, I, now you saying that, Brian, reminds me of a, a lot of the people on Twitter, but I think everyone was just like on this one-track mind of like as soon as the ball started rolling for Infinite, it was like Infinite, Infinite. Every other thing about Halo fell by the wayside. Infinite took priority, and I think there was a big part of us that was like it's just going to be Halo talk from now on, even though we, we didn't – in our minds, it's like we didn't really think that, but at the same time, we just were like on autopilot as just the news and stuff started to like come out, and then I think when it came out – and then people started complaining about it being like dry and everything. I think it's because everyone just was like so ready to pack behind all that other shit, like past Halos. Whereas I think for me, I was like, I can't wait to cover Halo Infinite. But then once that's done, like until the big stuff starts coming out, I'm ready to just talk about like random Halo shit. I'll say you like, know, yeah, this was this stuff. was never for me and Josh. This was never about putting the old Halo behind us to embrace the new. It was more like. We're excited for the new, but the old stuff is our history, and that's the stuff we love. Like that's always where we're gonna watch your mouth, son. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like our, we're always gonna rest our laurels on the past. You know, the new thing's great, but like, I, I guess yeah, we had a different understanding. The sheets than, of our future are sewn in our past. Uh, like, yeah, <laughs> a different understanding than I think the most of the community did. The most of the community was like, let's move on to something new, and 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 that that's it. But like me and Josh were just like, you know, we're uh, we're here for we're here for Halo in general. We're here for. We can talk about Combat Evolved next week. I mean, it's 22 years old totally. or 21. Well, I think that is that is what it was for me because we, you know, they that week leading up, seven days leading up to the release of the multiplayer. I mean, we really were just talking about Halo C and the you know the the monument that 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 game is really to to the gaming industry as a whole and really respecting its history and diving deep into every character that's in there and the narrative and the lore around it. And so we're really, I mean, we were really doing a, you know, a retrospection on the past. And then this new thing comes out and it, I mean, it, it took me, definitely swept me off my feet. And it really, that was a huge part of it, if I'm being honest too, is not just the burnout, but also like, I can't put this damn controller down. I mean, I can't stop playing. <laughs> it was fun to play. It is fun. Oh yeah. It's, I mean, it's a blast. It's a fantastic product, but it, it's kind of like, okay, well, the, it felt like the door had been shut on the conversation about previous halos and past halos as it was you know for that time and of course that door's never actually closed and that stuff can be revisited and and that's really the that's the name of my podcast i mean is going going back through that stuff and we'll always do that but you know it was really giving halo infinite the room to breathe and giving it to the giving it the floor really um but that space is really well covered whether it's on twitter with hot takes and like you said yeah some people have some like world war three you know nuclear codes uh hot takes on there uh, <laughs> and it's especially baffling because some of those people are you know their career is intrinsically tied you know to 343 or to halo and you're like it's just a you're levying these concerns like like uh you've never touched an xbox in your life like you have no <laughs> affinity for it at all and it's mm -hmm. it is bizarre and so I mean, that's a big part of it. And then talking with my friend Allie, too, it's kind of like I just I mean, it just seems like the, there's just too much overhead, I think, is the right way to put it right now. You know, let's come back at a time when when everybody's kind of settled down. But, uh, you know, overall, I think the release of Halo Infinite was a good thing. And there was so much uh, squabbling over the past about, you know, how the gameplay should be or what the aesthetic should be. And at the end of the day, none of that stuff really matters. Everybody has their own opinion. Mm -hmm. But uh, Halo Infinite really kind of felt like this flashpoint moment where I, I think you're right. I think people were able to put that stuff behind them for the most part. A lot of those conversations are, for the most part, totally dead. I mean, there's 
it's always going to be armor that people look at and go like, oh my God, I can't stand the look of this and mm -hmm. what's going on or hey, maybe sprint should be quicker or whatever the case is. But yeah, but they, 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 they did sign <laughs> for, for like a week. Isn't that yeah. crazy that 343 simultaneously in one fell swoop, they put to bed the the art the art style debate, the gameplay debate, the music debate, um, the sprint or no sprint debate. They sat, they pretty much killed four of the giant criticisms around Halo all in one fell swoop. And then it was immediately it was like it was like three four three's like you're gonna love this, and they come in, and then the whole community dodges them, and they're like, "There's not enough content, you little bitch." It's like, right? Oh my gosh, <laughs> come on, like give us a break. It's hard though. I feel bad because it's like they kind of unintentionally shot themselves in the foot because. The whole 10-year plan thing that they kept talking about, they wouldn't shut up about for like the longest time. And then the game, you can tell it's not like fully ready for launch, but they're going to launch it anyway. And then they launch it and it's like, that stuff's not ready. We also have to kind of fix what's there because what's there isn't like perfect. And that's normal. But then you also have that long-standing promise of we have to deliver on this stuff. And people are like, when's it coming? Also, what's there kind of feels like... It's like a skeleton, you know, template, yeah. you know, you're working with rather than like a full body experience and um, just the anxiousness people are ready to chew on it. And that's hard. It's like because they they didn't mean to like create this huge vacuum of like starving people for infinite, like having it be just beyond their reach for like over a year, let alone a couple years of, of it being announced. But then you get to it after waiting all that time and people are just rather than like taking their time to like eat it, people are just like, ah, you know, like gnawing oh, on it. Well, they didn't and tell us that, that was part of the 10 year plan. The first two years was getting it to where we would expect it to launch. <laughs> right. To begin yep. with, you know, so it's like yeah. an eight year plan. And by the time they get up to, and that's the thing is like, you know, m most of these complaints, uh, the general com broad complaints that are on Twitter, I think uh, most logical level-headed people agree with it. We certainly do. Um, the game needs more playlists. A co-op's not there. Forge is not there. We all know that stuff. But think of you every time I see Forge not there, Brent. I oh, think thank of you. you. <laughs> yeah. But that's My the thing. is like we, we all know that, right? We all agree. It's just what more can be said. I mean, what benefit is there to exactly. berating the company and the people who work there 365 days a year until it shows up? And then the when it finally does show up, you'll see people start to say, Oh, I'm so glad it's here, but it should have been here a long time ago. It's like, right. you complain for forever, and then you get it, and then you're like, I still want a backdate complaint. It's like, I, I just, you know, I've said, I've made my peace with it. We've said that it sucks that Forge is not there, and Co-op's not there, and there's not, all the playlists aren't there, but uh, that's the fact of the matter. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter if it's okay or it's not okay. It is the facts. That's how it is. And we have to accept it until it's there. So we're just we're done talking about it. And we'll talk about the yeah, things that we totally. hear the things we like. We'll talk about the things that are positive because that's the thing is like I know some people are like, Oh, it's just annoying when all you talk about is positive, but it's like for me it's annoying to spend any of my free time on entertainment that makes me angry or upset. It's just not worth my yeah. time. And plus in real life it's like, man, when I'm like annoyed with something, like if I'm if I'm annoyed about oh, I gotta work tonight or something like that, I'm like trying to think, okay, well what what are you going to do after work? Trying to What's get myself get you immediately, immediately my mentally shipped. drive through <laughs> Hell yeah, give me that 12-count soft shell. Man, Hell yeah. That party pack, and it's it's my party, not anyone else. <laughs> but no, I mean, but yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. I try to like think of shit to look forward to. And it's the same thing with Infinite. I was like, okay, what's beyond Infinite? And I was getting, I was excited to cover Infinite with Brian, but I was also excited to go back. Because like our first year was like so much, the trajectory was like, We'll just talk about like it, when news comes out, we'll talk about it, but then we'll talk about whatever we want to about Halo. And that's where I thought we were going to get back to, which we kind of are, but 
at the same time it, that once infinite started finally picking up and it was actually getting ready to come out it was just like a beeline straight to that. was completely and infinite. i think that's what did it it was like it made me at times forget how much i loved halo because i was focusing on one game that i hadn't even played as opposed to just this whole like brand of halo which i love but it just got su- the, the the vision got narrowed and it was also like trying to make sure the content's good, trying to get it out in time, trying to cover news when it drops, you know, because sometimes Brian and I were scrambling and stuff like that just to make sure we, we'd get this thing or that thing covered. So, yeah. Well, and that's, but, that uh, kind of that kind of brings us ahead. into it. I want to make sure you guys finish your thoughts on it. But that kind of brings us into, at least for me and Josh, we'll see what Brent has to say. It brings us into our next topic of like, um, you know, Josh and I were so we're getting kind of burnt out on Halo because we were focusing on this one game that we hadn't played yet. And it was really all of Halo we love so much. And what we've really, mm-hmm. Josh and I have really experienced in the last week or two is how much this Paramount Plus TV show has breathed <laughs> life into our excitement for Definitely. Halo. Definitely, yeah. Um, it's I'm a new so medium. Excited. It's a new timeline. Uh, it's a fresh start. And for us, like, that's, I mean, I never thought, I would. I honestly wouldn't have thought I would have said this even two months ago, even though I've always been supportive of the show. But uh, right now I'm thinking, like, this might be one of the most refreshing things for me in the Halo sphere since, like... I don't know, ODST, like, it's just like a whole new, like, we can just get away from the, well, we're not getting away from it on Twitter, let's be real, people are still complaining about this stuff, but like, we're kind of getting away from like the, is the next game going to launch with these modes, is the next game going to have this art style and sprint, and like, the conversation, conversation shifting to like, and it's a different medium, yeah, new medium, new timeline, like, let's see what this is, and I just think this is so fresh and exciting, so I'll pass it to you first, Brent, what did you think of the trailer, pros, cons, do you like it, what do you, how you feeling? No, I really dug it, and it's funny, too, because I, I did have to work, so I wasn't able to watch the, the sports ball leading up to it or anything. Good. Then I had a bunch of people who, you know, they know that I love Halo, and they could care less, but they called me all at once, like, hey, uh, hey there's a Halo thing on right now. Awesome. Like, hey, are you watching? I'm like, nah, man, I'm at work. But for the most part, they, you know, they're like, hey, that was pretty cool. Check that out when you can. Yeah. And then I, you know, like you did, I pulled up Twitter and, and gave it a quick watch at work, but... um no, I mean, I was really, I was taken aback by it. It looks really fresh. It looks of really high quality. I have some people that I, you know, that they love Halo, but they're kind of, well, this looks a little, you know, it looks a little mid or it looks a little whatever, you know. I, I feel like I've been wrestling with the fact that because Halo's always, well, not always, always, but it, it's its origins are as a video game, that stuff is really tough to translate to real life but looking at what they've done i think they've done about the best they can you know uh you know chevy tahoe 2003 and all but uh, <laughs> i think uh there's just things that it, for the production value if they i don't know i've always said this if you want to make a good video game movie you almost just have to make a two hour long video game uh and just to go straight cgi they're not going to do that they want it to appeal to a broader audience i think what mm-hmm. they've done really just looks fantastic and so my initial reactions were just that it looks great i like uh i like the look of it i like the things that they're changing um i know you guys touched on this really well in your last episode but even just things like high charity or uh, the let go even this um covenant human character I'm, I'm, i love the look of her mm-hmm. I, you know i'm excited to see her story and like you said it, it felt like a fresh start and it, it really kind of breathed some new life into the series for me and um and talking to my friend ali too it's it's really gotten us thinking about um you know like alternate halo what does that look like and what can be done in that yeah, sphere yeah. and and halo's aged into that now and i think you know all good media 
or really all good narratives uh, do that. I mean, you have a Batman comic behind you. I mean, how many times has Batman been, mm-hmm. you know, totally shifted around yeah. and reborn or Spider-Man? There's like three Batman movies this year. It's weird to think. But well, still kind of yeah. three Batman So talk about how he never kills, but like plenty of iterations he does. Like I know that oh, definitely. a lot of us like the version where he doesn't, but there's plenty of versions where he does. It's not like he's never killed someone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just excited for the future. I mean, I hope this opens uh, more doors than it closes. That's really the only thing. It just needs to be successful, you know, at least successful enough to get another season. And uh, fingers crossed that it does, because I would love to see, you know, more Halo media. You know, even 20 years from now, I want to see what somebody's take on the Master Chief is. Where, you know, they grow up at six years old and Halo Infinite was their first game. I mean, how do they? How do they want to portray the chief once they're at the the driver's seat? You definitely interpret it differently. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's always exciting when they introduce new ideas. I mean, I know there is a there is a way in which you can re- you can introduce something into a franchise that feels like it doesn't fit. But I uh, just seeing like this um this what's her name Maki or whatever the the human Maquis, yeah the that's human woman who's you know raised by the covenant or whatever that's different. But I'm excited to see what it. Uh, what it's like um, from the trailer, it seems interesting. I, I can remember, oddly enough, I feel like when I bring this up, I feel like a lot of people in their heads will go, I forgot that was a thing. But like, do you remember how stupid people thought the Kylo Ren's hilted lightsaber was when the first trailer dropped? <laughs> the cross card, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, all over the, the internet. People were like, yeah. what? This doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? He's going to burn his hand. And you know, all this right. stuff was said. And like, I'm pretty sure in 2022, we're all just Nostalgic. like... Hilted lightsaber is a thing now, and we're all cool with it. Like it, yeah. but in, in that moment, yeah. that knee-jerk reaction. Uh, heaven forbid the oh no, there's a black stormtrooper. Don't even get us started. But it goes to show right. though. It goes right. to show you though, like because because that never ended up. I mean, it showed up in lore and stuff more, but it just never ended up being some big focus thing. Or it's never like there's a point in the movie where someone's like, hey, that's weird. What's up with that, man? Yeah, never seen a lightsaber like that. It just goes to show you how much like shit gets speculated on. When yes. it's just a little like all you have. and then like it never ends up like amounting to anything, but people will like dissect that and obsess over this one small frame. And on one hand, I like I love that Phantoms do that because it does make it fun, like to watch YouTube when you're wanting to see someone who noticed all these Easter eggs and it's like thirteen sure. Easter eggs, blah blah blah. But then at the same time, then you have people who get like super negative about that kind of stuff. It it, it can turn to vitriol, but I love the positivity that's there. I don't know, but. You know, something you you mentioned, though, Brian, uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts because this it's kind of a different subject, but it's the same thing. But like this could be really big for Paramount Plus because it's like out of all these streaming platforms that are out there nowadays, I don't hear people really ever be like, yeah, you got Paramount Plus or the show. Hey, I'm watching this on Paramount Plus. Uh, The most I hear people really talk about is like Picard, you know, like some Star Trek stuff that's on there. But like I don't. It's you know I mean I could be forgetting some stuff but I don't really hear of any mainstay stuff. It's like you go to Netflix and Netflix has got its obvious stuff. Witcher comes to mind. HBO Max has got a lot of stuff comes to mind. You know and all these different ones are offering stuff, but Paramount Plus isn't really up there and like that streaming pantheon. It's still kind of in its infancy. So it's like uh, to me I'm almost more excited because it's like man if this like it has a better opportunity within the Paramount because there's like I don't know this almost sounds harsh but like there's so low offerings like they got some stuff on there but they don't have so too much original content that like halo could be mediocre and still get a lot more attention because it's an original right i get what you're saying because i I think i have a different opinion than most gonna have a lot of exposure a lot of people are like i don't want to pay monthly for a service for only one thing but for me 
if the one thing's good enough, I've never minded. You know, I pretty much paid $15, $20 a month for HBO for years for Game of Thrones, and I felt like I was getting a deal because Game of Thrones was so freaking good. You know, if, if Paramount Plus becomes this, you know, people joke about, oh, it's God's Halo. Well, if Halo's good and I really like it, I do not mind to pay for Paramount Plus. And I think that that's why Netflix is such a god, right? Because Netflix is now at a point where it's got those few shows or things that are god tier, but then everything else on the platform also is pretty good. Like, you, you that's right. why they're the best, you know? But And then Disney Plus, you know, it's mostly just oh, yeah. Disney properties that we like, you know? So, you know, but that's enough. I, and, I, so. and I think we may even, we might benefit, like I said, it, you know, I hope it's just a success enough to get a second season. But it doesn't need to hit, you know, take the world by storm. Yeah. It doesn't need to, no. it's not like it's on broadcast television. It needs to catch 100 million people. Yeah. Yeah. It just needs to hit for Paramount. It just needs to up subscriptions. That's all it needs to do. It needs to be Paramount's, you know, tentpole thing. Um, where, you know, you look at Amazon has the Lord of the Rings coming out this year, too. That just needs oh, yes. to be their tentpole thing. That just needs to up subscribers. That's it. That needs to be their one big thing. Where Netflix, you know, Netflix has this huge offering. It almost hurts them. I really loved the Cowboy Bebop live action, which I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God. They probably just turned off the podcast. <laughs> but I actually, I actually really enjoyed it for the same reasons I think I'll enjoy the Halo TV series because – it's an alternate take on a, on a franchise I already loved, and um, but in Netflix's case, you know, it didn't hit on a broad. It didn't take the world by storm, so they canceled it. You know, and that's a bummer for people like myself who enjoyed it. At least with you know Paramount, this being their their big thing that they're putting all their money into, their their big bet. It just needs to that's hit. That's a great them. point that you made. If it hits I, with us, then it should last. I didn't think about. That's a great point. I think Netflix having so much content does actually hurt the service because there's so much great content that I I never see or watch because I don't have time for it. You know, I go to Netflix for the big things. You know, I'm there for Witcher and, and Stranger Things or whatnot. But how often is something great there that I don't even I never notice and it's canceled? You know, even yeah. then, like most streaming most streaming platforms now have like an A to Z thing and you can go see everything on there. Netflix doesn't offer that. It's like you have to go online and even then it's still kind of tricky. Yeah. But like you can't just go on the app through your television or at console and see everything they have. They only kind of you can go through the categories, but that's kind of it. It makes it hard to find that stuff. And Brent, I hear you, man. I watched a little bit of that because I had uh, another friend who's like super into it. And he was he. It was one of the first episodes, and I was like, "Man, this looks super cool. It's got this like cyberpunk kind of like mm -hmm. aesthetic thing going on." And I don't know mu as much about it, but um, I was like, "Damn!" And my dad was watching it, and he was digging it. And then I see it gets canceled. And I'm like, "Man, I love you, Netflix. Netflix, but y'all suck. <laughs> like, that's yeah, bogus. It's a bummer. That's bogus as hell. How do you invest in something like that?" And they've just said, immediately I think they've like, said on record that like first seasons are actually the cheapest to create yep, it gets so more expensive as they do it second yeah. season's like two or three four times as much right off the rip so they yep. just cancel a lot um but you know yeah, damn shame back on the on the halo show one thing i'm already anticipating that i'm really irritated about is that we're inevitably here's what's here's what's cool about the halo series you're gonna get people who never cared about halo or knew about halo that now become fans and they're gonna become fans yeah. because of the show my dad's already expressed interest in the show and my dad's never really cared for halo otherwise um, but you're going to get people who come in on the show. Maybe they come in when they're 40. Maybe they come in when they're six years old. But at some point, they're going to become a Halo fan because of that show. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to play a game or whatever. And they're going to say something to the community like, where's Maquis? Which game is <laughs> yeah. Maquis in? 
Or yeah, I look or, forward to that, or, or something like that, or they're like, "Oh man, I thought Sergeant John, or I thought um, Captain Keys was, I thought he was black." You know, I, that's, I, I related to the character that way. That's how I pictured Captain Keys because I've been watching. Right. I'm on season seven of the Halo show, and he's always been black to me. And, and they're I hope come, it gets seven seasons, right? And yeah, they really. come into the community, and there's going to be so many people that want to shut them down and say that their right. opinion's not as good, their opinion doesn't matter, or that's the what they like's not true. And let me just say right now that's complete bullshit. It's complete bullshit. If your introduction to the series of the TV show and your favorite character is Maquis, one that's never in the games, or you have got to know Captain Keys as a black person, like that is your Captain Keys. That is your favorite character. You like Maquis, whatever. That stuff's just as valid as somebody who was there in 2001 and loved Halo Combat Evolved. Like there is no, like a lot of times we, and to be fair, I know me and Josh even do it. We, we like to kind of, um, give ourselves a pat on the back if we've been with something longer or something's more ours like josh kind of josh is a bit possessive of of star wars because he's always been so into it and so like if he's in a group he'd like to think he's the he's the biggest star wars guy if i'm in a group i'd like to think i'm well i'm not now that i'm in the halo that's so funny but i usually at least in, in in real life just around people I like to think I'm the Halo guy, you know, and and mm-hmm. you kind of unless somebody puts up some really good cred, you want to be like, no, I'm the big, <laughs> I'm the biggest one in the room, right? So, right. so to some extent, I understand that mentality of like, well, I've been with Halo for twenty some years, and I play Combat Evolved the day it came out, but the fact, <laughs> amen, bro. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, if we're objectively speaking, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter no. if someone's first show was Book of Boba Fett. They're not a worse fan than Josh, even though Josh has so much more history. Someone's first show is a Halo show. They're not a worse fan than me or Brent. Um, so I just really hope that the good people of the community can prop up the influx of fans we'll get from the show. Even if the show's crap. Show could be great. Show could be crap. We're going to get an influx of fans. I it hope we looks can, so cool, though. Yes, yeah. it looks great. I hope we can prop those fans up and welcome them and be like, oh, you know, Maquis your favorite character or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Come here. Or maybe some Spartan character from Silver Team introduces their favorite character. Like, that wasn't in the games, but, you know, that's awesome. I'm glad you like that. And somebody might go and play Combat Evolved because of the show, and they're going to be like, the game was okay, but it was nowhere near as good as the show. And people, and there's gonna be <laughs> right. fans who are like, "Are you kidding me? That game? You have no idea what that game means to the industry." And yeah. oh, Xbox was on the map because it's like, no, no, just stop yourself, yeah. stop yourself. It doesn't matter. They're yeah. into the show, whatever. Uh, but that's my big. You I'm see, gonna, you, you see that with Star Wars a lot. I was gonna say, you know, you, you get um, so many of the new fans or the newer fans. They go back and they're like, "All right, well, I'm gonna start from the beginning," and they start with New Hope. Mm-hmm. It's boring in comparison to what's. I mean, for and don't get me wrong. Slow film. Slow. Oh, for some people, no. I mean, it's, it's a good movie. It's well made. Don't get me wrong. And, and for its time, it was obviously groundbreaking. It took the world by storm. I mean, it was the seed that is now this tree that we have for Star Wars. But if you're going from you know the Clone Wars, it's action packed episode to episode to a New Hope for at least most uh, you know most new audience. Mm-hmm. Their their takeaway is like okay, what's the next? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think uh, it's just that it's that slower pace. You know, you, you have to give it uh, reverence for the time that it came out or what it was. Like I think a lot of the people in our fan base do for Halo Combat Evolved, but I think going from, you know, even if your first game was Halo Five, I mean, though we don't, I don't even want to open that can of worms, but just the way that game is structured and and displayed is, you know, there's so much more movement and action, Mm -hmm. really, I think, than something like Combat Evolved, much more of a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So that, I mean, that's just I mean, that's it's kind of like I the whole like uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, people, Empire Strikes Back is you know that's the one that's known as the best Star Wars movie, right? Right. But then there's people, there's a lot of people who think Empire Strikes Back is kind of slow and kind of boring. You know, that's that that might be their least favorite. You know, they like Return of the Jedi. It's got more moving parts, more fun stuff. And um, cute Ewoks. And that's kind of. That's kind of like yeah, uh, Ewoks, That's right. <laughs> with Halo Five and uh, like Halo Five and Halo Infinite, like if somebody came out of Halo Infinite, if somebody started with Five and they played Infinite, I could see someone saying that Halo Infinite felt kind of stale or kind of bland after Five. Oh, because, for sure. Because Five, it was it was bombastic. It was action packed. There was so much color, so many characters, so many places they went. It was mm. all it was this galaxy spanning thing and so much dialogue and lore and all that. I mean, it was it was so you know. The argument can be made that it wasn't good, but like it was so content rich and heavy. And then you get to Infinite, and it's like Chief, bad guys, ring, go. You know, it's right. like just very, let's, let's keep it simple. And for some, melted down. And yeah, and even though most people in the community would say that's what Halo needed to get back to, that's why Infinite's so good. There's going to be people who said, "Man, like I, I missed all the deep." crazy constant action bombastic characters all the stuff from five so it just it's it really comes down to you know it's pre- it's entertainment and it's your preference it doesn't matter what's objectively good or what's best it's just what you like and what you enjoy and i hope that translates to the show brent what do you think about cortana's look in the halo series oh man it, it actually did catch me off guard like when Fair i enough. first came across and uh, the voice is like uncanny valley because you expect i think a certain look with the voice at this point at least mm-hmm. you know maybe that's just us but uh, it caught me off guard, but I'm I'm open to it. I you could say you well, don't like it, Brent. It's cool. That's <laughs> I. It at least caught me off guard. Um, I won't be surprised if if they do go and post and change it, just because that seems to be the big thing. Besides the Chevy Tahoe and the AK-47s <laughs> that, that that people are that are pointing out, and it, it is funny because it's, it's they squashed one criticism. I think in that. Um, that trailer people don't seem to really be harking about the the human being raised by the covenant anymore and they're all in on cortana cortana not being blue so you know if that's if that's their concern going into this it doesn't seem like that would be the most difficult thing to change we've seen enough people do it on photoshop but that's just one frame i don't think people understand that you have to go in and rotoscope now you know an entire season's worth of content to make that happen that said again i I won't be that surprised if they actually go through with it but if they keep her look if they keep her with the the more human tone i understand why i mean they want that character to be more relatable they want you to feel her presence more as a human and less as a holographic ai it's the same reason why there's a a covenant raised human character at all they need a human representation for the enemy I mean that's that's just what it is. It's a different audience. Most... They, they want to have that representation. You know, you can get by with it right. in games more. Um, but that, yeah, a that... broader audience that has come to expect certain things from live action television series. You know that we've had twenty years to adjust to the Covenant being solely alien. But if that's the way that they opened up this show, I don't think it would be necessarily as successful as with that character. And same thing with Cortana. I mean, I think her looking more human is going to get people who don't even know who Cortana is or don't really understand the affinity for her. I think it'll give them an easier time. It'll be like, I like that small little cute girl who stands on the pedestal. Like, that's one of my favorite characters, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't explain it because I know, like, for, like, the Halo Twitter sphere, they'd be like, oh, you're just, you know, that's the most sacred icon shill thing I've ever heard. But I can't explain it. But when I watched the trailer, the second I saw her, I was sold. I loved it. I was in love. I, I just loved it. I, I, I really did. I just thought this is such an awesome look for the character. It's something new. It's something fresh, and uh, it's still got Jen Taylor's voice. So, and I, I think it's fair. The Chris, I mean, the criticisms of 
it's 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 totally fair people expect her to be blue or purple why not you know that's what she's always been and um you know hearing that voice come out of something that looks so much different yeah it's it's fair complaints but i mean people making it sound like it's make or break for the whole show i, I think that's ridiculous i think that's over the top but yeah i liked it from the beginning josh how would you feel how'd you feel about it i mean i was kind of the same as, as brent initially i was like that's weird but i was like I, and i was like well i i don't think i hate it but i'm like that's weird I just need a little more time, but then by the end of the day, I was like, I love it. I'm fine with it. And it's like, I don't know. I think the reason why people have such a big issue, too, like it sounds, I think it's more psychological, too, in a way, because it's almost like they save her for the very end. So it's one of those things. It's almost like, it's like going back to the first No Way Home trailer for Spider-Man. And like at the very end, you see the pumpkin bomb come out and they tee and you hear the iconic laugh of uh, Norman Osborn, you know, Um, and at that point, you're like, oh, that's a holy shit moment. And that's how you cap off right. that trailer. And that's kind of what they're doing with this, in essence, is that they cap it off with showing, hey, hello, Master Chief, I'm Cortana. And it's like the voice sounds good. You know, everything at that moment, that just the line sounds amazing. And But then you see her and you're like, huh? <laughs> you're like, you're Cortana? You know, it's just a weird moment because it's supposed to be like a mic drop moment, in essence. But in, it kind of backfires a little bit because... Uh, it's new and that's always hard for people to get used to. And some of it's justified other parts of it, you know, like we said earlier, kind of goes to vitriol, but I don't know. But, you know, I was going to ask you what's on my mind, uh, Brent. Okay. So for like me, for example, with star Wars, I don't, I mean, I guess visions is probably a good example, but I will never ever mind if one day Disney's like, you know, we're going to do a star Wars, like legend story. That's not like part of the main canon. It's just its own thing. We're going to tell the story and have fun with it. The fact that they're doing this with, you know, the show t- or the Paramount Plus show, um, how do you think like overall that's gonna the impact that's gonna have in time with it being its own canon? Do you think like these conversations are really like where people are upset with this? Do you think it's gonna that's gonna still be a conversation that's going on like a year from now, or, or where where do you see this affecting Halo overall? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think, um, and and my, my uh, Ali and I have talked about it a lot too. But it's, uh, I think, a year from now the conversation will still be going on. But like I said, I think like twenty years from now, it'll probably be non-existent. It's going to be like people with their comics, you know. Some I didn't really like. Um, you know, oh, I didn't really like Spider-Man. I was more of an ultimate Spider-Man, you know, type of kid. Mm. There's, everybody has their own kind of... That was that was what I liked more. And they probably even started with the original, you know, version of that, that IP or that character. But there was another version of it, a totally alternate version of it. That That's what got them on board. That's what hooked them. And I think uh, that's what this show's going to do for... I mean, hopefully millions and millions of people, uh, you know, across the world. And over time, I think even more so, depending on how long it its run really goes for. I mean, I would, I would, the best thing we could hope for is that this is going to lead to, you know, a movie, you know, more shows down the road, maybe mm-hmm. an animated series. I mean, I'm here for all of it. I know you guys are too. Uh, but each of those things is just another opportunity, you know, like Brian, like you said, Brian, to get new people involved in. Uh, each of them's going to have their own takeaway from it. They're, you know, they're going to have a character from that that some people are going to be like, oh, I hate this character, can't stand it. That's their <laughs> favorite character in the entire IP, and you're really not going to be able to convince them. Do you? Yeah. Do you hope? Uh, do you prefer they do like a weekly release schedule for it, or just straight up you can binge all of it at once? 
You know, I don't know. Have they revealed? And I have been asking myself that question, but have they revealed how they're going to do it? Several people have have commented on Twitter that Paramount Plus always does single episodes by week. That's what people have told me. I don't know if that's how it's going to be. I think that's how Picard is, and I think that's how they do their their day-and-date broadcast television stuff, too. So, I mean, then I guess it doesn't matter what I prefer. I mean, I like, with my limited time, uh, you know, with my job and with the podcast— uh, when I can just sit down, and usually what it leads to is me waiting until the entire thing's done. I think with Book of Boba Fett, I'm doing the same thing because I, like I said, I haven't watched an inch of that. But mm-hmm. um, it's that is usually the most useful for me. That's how I enjoyed The Witcher this last season. Is just all right. Let's just plump down. We did it on Christmas Day. Let's just blaze through oh, this nice. whole thing and just watch it front to back. Where you know you could do that at least with Netflix day and date, but. Right. In the end of the day, my time doesn't always line up with these things when they when they release as it is. So, just probably, I'll probably do my best to enjoy it weekly for you know to keep the content up. That's part of it. You know, if that starts to feel like a job, I'll back off and just okay, I'm going to enjoy this at all at all as it is at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, final thoughts for me on the show. Um, I'm really optimistic for it. I am excited for it. Uh, it looks the trailer looks good. Um, People saying they're concerned about, you know, the rioting or maybe it won't be good. Maybe not, but I don't really, I mean, I care in the sense that, of course, I want it to be good. I want it to, to, to be a strong product, but uh, I don't care in the sense that um, just on the fact that I'm a Halo fan and, and what the trailer shows visually, I'm going to be there. I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to have a good time. So you really yeah. can't, you really can't disappoint me too much. It's, 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 I would say it's Dang. nigh impossible to disappoint me with the level of expectations I have going in. And that's not a, oh, my expectations are low. It's going to suck. It's more of a, I'm just here to see a new medium for Halo and, and enjoy it and have a good time. Uh, in reference to Cortana, if they keep her the way she is, I'll be very happy. If they keep her the way she is, but make her like have a blue, tint or more hollow feel to her that's fine as well my thing is it's the same thing josh and i have said for years is i just want the i just want the creators of the series to do what they want i don't want it to be a fan decided thing if for some reason the creators behind the show really were passionate about cortana looking that way i want them to stick with it against the complaints um yeah Yeah, it's not like kiki wasn't there day in and day out yeah yeah if it was more if it was more just like oh yeah we thought we'd probably change her at some point and they saw this and they're like, yeah, we should change it. I'm fine with that too. And I'm probably never going to know the answer. But I, I just, I hate when fans uh, change something that, that people who are the creatives were passionate about. You know, that's what I don't really like. So keep her if it makes sense. Uh, change her if you want. Um, I would really hate if they changed her altogether. Like if she didn't even have the same face. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but that would yeah. be. Yeah. They just put like a, like a, you know, the Halo 2 anniversary model in or something. I'd be like, oh no, <laughs> you should have stuck with what you had. Yeah. Uh, even though I love the Halo 2 anniversary model. But yeah, all in all, I'm excited. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Brent, what's your final thoughts on that before we move on? And then I'll pass it to Josh. Yeah, final thoughts. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. Definitely excited. One thing to add to to that with Cortana is, I haven't heard people mention this or express any concern, is, you know, it's it's obviously not Jen Taylor, but it's her voice, right? Mm-hmm. Is that going to hit 100% of the time? It almost makes me feel like they're going to try to keep Cortana visually out of the show as much as possible because mm. how often is that lip sync gonna be 100 percent perfect right uh, well, and it's just something that at i have least seen for financial really concerns expressed. i think she probably will be voiced more than she'll be visual i mean we already Definitely. saw that one part uh near the end of the trailer where chief and the gang are walking out and he's like cortana i'm gonna need you now or something it's like right. there's gonna be a lot of just her voice with you know feeling she's there but it's just a voice you know so and for and fortunate for them that that's how that character is 
ninety percent of the time yeah. in the game anyway. So works out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my only other thought that I have, and this I keep uh, having this conversation out, outside of uh, the podcast, but for all the talk about um, you know black keys, you know where's the where's the hey where's our biggest black character in Halo? Where's Johnson? Right. I haven't heard anybody. I thought that a really good question. Yeah. I mean, nobody. You don't hear people complaining that we haven't seen or even heard that he's in the show. You just keep hearing the same, like, "Well, it's too jarring that it's you know." But it's not. At the end of the day, it's the character. People need to take the character away from their visual representation, like you would the art yep. with the artist. Yeah. I'm guessing. I'm guessing Sergeant Johnson is something that's in the plans for if the show is successful. You know, because that could be right. a great huge moment. Think of even season one ended with like just a pan up on a cigar from a guy's mouth it <laughs> right cuts. Like, oh shit season two sergeant johnson uh so i think I'm that's go sitting in, in yeah. the living room we're like oh my god no way it's yeah. him. and then the other person who's never seen it before and this is their first time they're just like who i can who? see josh's dad like right. watching i could see like josh watching with his dad that pans up on the uh, black guy with a cigar and, and josh's dad just goes and josh freaks out and josh's dad just goes what? It's a cigar. What's the big deal? You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. So I think that will come in time. I think they just they have to limit themselves to. I'm actually shocked. What we're already seeing high charity profits. Covenant. Oh yeah. I mean, we're seeing a, a silver team. Uh, Way more than I would have expected. Wow. You know. Yeah. But they got to save some things. You know. They got to. They got to get this out the door and hopefully get an audience for it before they they bring it forward. But uh, yeah. No. That that's really exciting. Captain Keys. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're about to experience this with my, my favorite IP of all time. I've said it before is actually Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think Josh would maybe say that now what? too. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, hey, uh, Lord of the Rings is my favorite IP, and and this year the Rings of Power shows comes to Amazon, and they've been right. saying in interviews and little articles for years now that there's going to be prominent black and uh, assumedly other different ethnicities, ethnicities yeah. in this show. And Hell yeah. While we, while a lot of us like might know that because we're nerds, um, there's going to be so many people come into September this year when the first trailer drops or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to be going. Those aren't supposed to be in Tolkien verse. There wasn't any of them in, in Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, and you know this is because basically Tolkien never wrote characters that weren't white, really. And I mean that's right. probably or, or if they if they weren't white, they were the enemy from yeah. the far east. Their or skin whatever. was dark because they were yeah. evil. Um, right. Yeah. So and, and and honestly, it probably was. Honestly, probably was racist if you think about when he wrote it. it I'm not. I'm even though I love Tolkien, I'm not going to sit here and defend him and say, "Oh, it was all accidental." It probably was racist, but like we're we're in a different time now, so we're about mm-hmm. to experience. I'm sure we're going to see this huge blowback, especially if we saw the just the blowback from a black stormtrooper in Force Awakens. We're going to see this huge blowback later this oh, year yeah. over the show and and the prominence of of different ethnicities. Um, so that's coming, and this is going to be a common thing. Is and that's the thing is we're in this era right now. Our age groups right now. You we're the prime. Uh, we're like the prime generation to experience this because what we're trying to do is we're trying to move away from essentially hundreds or thousands or however you want to look at it, years of propping up the white man in representation as the main thing for all purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how many how many like black kids are, grew up, uh, Luke Skywalker was their hero. And it was never looked like him, you know? Like right. We've always, most of all these big heroes, you get Captain America, you got your... Uh, Master Chief himself. I mean, they're always white and usually men. Um, but you can see in the last ten years, I think the turning point for me was kind of around when Miles Morales was introduced into the comics. I think that was around 2010. It was this first half black, half Latino Spider Man. Um, we started to move into this era of trying to get better representation. And what they've done to make make better representation is they've put 
these characters into already established media. And you see a lot of people, I, I'll, be, I'll be fair, I'll admit, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I'll admit in the beginning I was one of these people, but I've changed. Uh, I was one of those people back 10, 10 years ago, I would have been like, why don't you just create a new character? If you want a black person in this or you want an Asian right. person in this or whatever, why don't you just create a new character for them? But then eventually I learned over time when I got uh, enough education on the matter is that um, we're not going to be able to get past this uh, prominence of just uh, white representation if we're always creating new characters for side black people, side Asian people. Okay. Uh, we got to get to a point where we just, as a culture, are accepting and it's normalized that you see a movie that you're typically the characters played by a white person or typically the characters played by an Asian person. Now they're now they're black or whatever. Enough times that in time that's that's not going to seem weird anymore. You know what I mean? Like it feels kind of it's new right. to it's new to us. But if things go the route they're going now, um, mm-hmm. in twenty years, one of our kids could see a Lord of the Rings reboot where Frodo's black, and it'll never cross their mind that he's black, or or not much, anyways. It'll be like, oh, you know, this is common for things to be. I don't really want a Lord of the Rings reboot because it's perfect, you know. But uh, <laughs> right. yeah, but like that's just it, we're in a transitional moment where. They're trying to inject this into media and make it more fair representation. And once it's commonplace and oh, enough yeah. time has passed by, it won't really be a conversation. It's kind of like you were saying, Brent, about the Halo TV series. In 20 years, uh, unless this is like a colossal, colossal failure, right? Um, in 20 years, we won't, really be, we, we won't be talking about the show being weird or different. We'll just be like, that's a part of Halo's history. That's a 20-year-old show. You know, it'll right. just be common and normal, and people will have grown up with it. But that was a long tangent. Josh, did you get to say your final points, or did I? No, but you're good, man. No, no, no. You go ahead. It representation we'll move on to the matters, last it, man. It's awesome to. It's awesome that it's going to have that, and uh, it's good for new people coming into it. You know, I think that's what's exciting to me. I mean, that's what's going to be the most amazing thing. The thing I'm most excited about is just to see like the impact this has um, for people, and it's just like it's such a different medium. You know, I, I think for me. I realized with Halo Infinite, like, I don't even think I've said this on the podcast prior, but like for me with Halo Infinite, I thought like in a way, even though I'm an adult and I know better, there's a part of me that was like, man, Halo Infinite's going to be what I wanted Halo 5 to be. Like in terms of just longevity, um, pleasure, just everything, just firing on all cylinders, fun factor, everything. But I see this trailer come out for the show and I'm like, that's what I'm excited for. And then I'm like, I suddenly get like very introspective and I'm like, well, what are you saying? And I'm like, I realize I'm actually more excited for that show than I retroactively ever was at any point for Halo Infinite. And I think back, and it's not even a slight on Halo Infinite. It's just, I'm just growing up and it's like Halo Infinite isn't for me. It's for a younger generation. And it's, I mean, it is for me in a sense, it's for everybody, but like it's, you know, I had my time in the sun. I had my combat of all my Halo 2, my land days and all that stuff. And I can still have all that. They make all the accessibility there. We got split screen again that we haven't had in so long, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I've, I've, I want to see Halo expand. And it's like, that's what I personally need. I don't need it done in the same way it's been done. I'm realizing I just want more from it. And that's exciting to me because the, when we have gotten Halo movies or whatever, that's been kind of like more B movie niche stuff within like the gaming community. Low you budget. have to like, yeah. you know, like y- your parents aren't going to see this on television and be like super aware of it and conscious of it. They're not going to have that like spread access to it. Whereas now, 
this is on an actual streaming platform that streams other things, you know, and it's going to be promoted like crazy. And it already was during a football game, which has like millions of people watching. So the exposure yeah, that is was just huge. nigh. Yeah, it was nigh higher than it just it's ever been. So I look forward to seeing this. And I love that they're going and they're playing around with the different canon because it's just like you got 20 years of this shit. That's 20 years of a convoluted mess. It doesn't matter if it's Halo or Star Wars, Star Trek, um, Lord of the Rings. It's just there's so much to pick from. And it's like there's a lot of inspiration. But if you're going to do this in a different medium, I say take a blank slate. Like take the same canvas, essentially the same shape of the same canvas, but paint a completely different picture on there Mm -hmm. using all that stuff. Take all that stuff and just apply it. Make it how you want because that's not going to ruin the Halo that's there for me for 20 years. That's not going to retroactively make me go, fuck Halo Combat Evolved. I love this show. You know, <laughs> right. it's just, it's you know, it's going it, to, if anything, it's just going to make me enhance it. It's going to probably give me moments where I go and play Combat Evolved and I'm like, man, I wish this character was here. I wish this moment was here. Or like, I hope this shows up in a game later on. I can't wait for that kind of stuff. Overall, I'm pretty fucking excited for this. When Chief was sitting there fucking yeah. weaving between the two elites, doing yeah. all the dodgy shit and shooting them and hitting them and stuff, I was like, damn, that's really cool. And then it's just flashing with all these explosions, and you see I Charity, and and then you see Halsey. Brian, you got this big smile on your face. What's up, man? You look happy. Just, just wait for the thumbnails that are like, Maki ruined my childhood. Right. Like, oh, gonna yeah. Halo TV show ruined my <laughs> yeah. childhood. It's it's funny too because like and Josh gets to be in this really good position right now that he he earned he he had put in his time for. But like Josh lived through the like the the ten fifteen years of the prequel Star Wars prequel oh, yeah. ruined my childhood and right everything yeah. was ruined and garbage and I hated it and it was awful and George Lucas Fuck is the hack. Yeah. He, he, God. He, he loved all of it and he liked <laughs> it and he cared about it and, yeah, and he same here. That's, that's yeah, awesome, Brent. Because I, I, I definitely, I definitely dip my toes in the negativity. Never, never as much as the worst of the fan base. Never even close to that. But I definitely, there was points where I was like, "Well, Josh, you know that the prequels are like objectively bad, right?" Whereas as time's gone on, I've been more like, "Well, they have objectively bad issues for sure." You know, we all can acknowledge that, but they're not. Obviously, they they mean a lot to people. But anyways, Josh kind of stood there and. Well, was in he was in that minority space for so long of loving those things and, and while everyone else was like you like those you're stupid and now we've gotten far ahead enough in time that the kids who grew up with it or, or came around and obviously the sequels came around and they're new so the sequels get to now take the heat took the heat off the prequels now the prequels are like <laughs> for sure the prequels are god tier the prequels are masterpieces they're they're prime cinema is right. what you hear people saying it's, it's just yeah. it's completely flipped um so it's going to be exciting to uh you know, think about that when when you're uh, you're criticizing something really really uh, heavily at the, in the beginning. Because I'm actually getting to experience it a little bit now. Because Josh and I, on our second episode ever of the podcast, we talked positively about this show and we propped up how we were going right. to be excited for this show and how it was good. 2019, man. 2019, and it's cool. I'm finally getting to experience just a tad bit of what that's like to sit here on the other end of the trailer and be like, "Yo, we're two of those guys that were there." behind this show two years ago two and a half years ago it was on record you know like we're it, it's it's nice to not let your uh get hyperbolic and just you know uh what's the word uh instant reaction you know kind of uh mentality uh, to not have that so and, you know what yeah. one other thing i know we're going long on this but this is also this is one thing i love about how josh and i have done sacred icon is sometimes we're just like 
if we want to talk about something, we're just going to talk about it because that's when the best conversation comes out. Like we were mostly going to talk about Bungie this whole entire podcast, but now it's just going to be like the last half hour. But I like that <laughs> because I'm more interested in what we were we were talking about. Um, yeah. But uh, what kind of shocks me is that people are still shocked that like Steve Downs isn't voicing Master Chief, and they're shocked right. by that. Does throw me? No, off I think it's a fair to be. Bit. It does. Okay, really? Because I, I, this is my opinion, Josh, and it sounds like you disagree, but I, I guess at this point in media, with all the streaming services and all the multimedia, you know, books, TV shows and stuff, I'm at the point where I expect things to be different. I expect characters to look different, have different voices. You know, Han Solo in the movie wasn't Harrison Ford. Like, so yeah. when I when I watched the trailer for Halo, I never at any moment expected a Steve Downs voice to come out of Master Chief. Am I alone on that? Uh, Josh, you go first since you seem like you had a different opinion no i mean I, I guess i'm a little surprised but it's not really a big deal for me at all like i don't even think about it it's just it's just a little strange because you have um you have like half of that duo on there but then you don't have him and i feel like right. the elephant in the room is like well he's older you know but it's at the same time i'm like well okay he's not dead <laughs> like you know like you could still do that <laughs> right and i think people would be I think mark hamill's older because it's not like you need exactly. It's not like you need him. You need to see the physical being of Steve Downs. You know, you just need the voice. But on the other hand, I'm like, you know what? Again, that just goes back to do whatever you guys want to do. Like, take what you want from this and how you've done certain things, and just have fun with that drawing board experience. And I'm no, I'm going to be there for it. And I'm hyped as as hell. And it's it's kind of cool to be excited for Halo again. Like, this is the first time for me personally in like I guess 20 years. Where I'm excited, where Halo is getting its own like fresh start with something, and I have no idea what to expect. You know, I have no like I can speculate yeah. off the trailer, you know, but I really have no idea what they're gonna do, and that's honestly more exciting. And I just feel open minded to whatever they want to do because even if this show comes out and I hate it, and I'm like this is dog shit, <laughs> I'm like well at least this isn't actual canon. I still have that A tier canon to go back to, and right. everything is how it is and how it's been, and it's not affected. That's nice, you know, and it's a good balance. And then if this is awesome, then I'm going to be that person who's like, man, get this shit in the main line, then A tier, the gold tier, whatever you want to call it. You know, and let's be know. real. There's I, some I, bad I shit that's happened in canon already, anyways. Oh, know? big time. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of bad shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. most of Halo Five story. So yeah, but what for us at least, you know. No, I I think I'm with you. It, it it comes back to what I was saying about Cortana too, and how well the voice will line up. But it's you know if they. If they keep the chief helmeted, which is something we haven't even t- talked about, but if he, if we mm. never see his face this entire show, and then they still went with a different voice, I then I would maybe question it more. I'd be like, okay, but then why did you? Then you could have just done Steve Downs, right, and just yeah. dropped uh, or, or raised the pitch a little bit to make him sound a little younger. But uh, you don't choose. Uh, and what's it? Is it a? Uh, is it Pablo or what's the Pablo Schiebler? I, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, Schiebler. That's right. Yeah, uh, mustache guy from Orange Is New Black, right? Yep. <laughs> he, yeah. Hey, he got super jacked for this role, and that's not an accident. That guy uh, definitely. We're going to see him, and that's really going to take people, I think, by surprise. That's going to become the the face for Master Chief because so far we've only just seen the little bit at the I want to see his face. legendary ending, and Absolutely. I do too. But it, it is interesting to think about. It's going to change the way we imagine the chief to look behind the helmet, right? How much is that going to change the games moving forward? You know, when you you're just going to see the chief with the helmet on. Maybe they're going to take the helmet off in game, and it's probably going to look like Pablo Schreiber. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just picturing me and Josh playing like co-op through Combat Evolved, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep pressing the jump button, going I'm Pablo, 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 I'm <laughs> Pablo. Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to be an idiot. Um, okay, quick shift here. Um, Brent, uh, Sony buys Act or not Activision. <laughs> that no, was my question. <laughs> like, no, we're buying it. Sony buys <laughs> Bungie. What was your immediate thoughts or reaction? We're gonna we'll work back through a bit of yeah. our history after we we talk about sure. our initial reactions. What do you think? Oh man, uh, my hot take is they overpaid. I think they overpaid for Bungie. Probably I'm glad. Did. I'm glad that Bungie got the money. Don't get me wrong. And so far, Sony has said something like. 1.2 billion of the 3.6 is going just to keeping the employees there, you know, in-house. That's that's a huge part of it for them. They want that talent pool. And that, that's good to hear because you don't always hear that in those acquisitions. I know Phil Spencer said something similar um, when they acquired Activision. But um, I think they might overpaid a little bit. And some of that might have just been money to be like, well, we have money too, right? Like we can we can make <laughs> three buys. 3.6 next to 68.9 or whatever. It doesn't right. look like much. <laughs> No, but it's it's definitely something for uh, for the Sony fans. Uh, it's funny seeing the the misinformation, or I think it's intentional and it's meant to be comedic. But people being like, "Sony bought Halo's uh, library," it's like that's not how that works. It's not how that <laughs> ever worked. But uh, I mean, overall, I'm excited. I'm a big Destiny fan. Um, I you know, Destiny for me is uh, you know a franchise that upon its initial release, I was like. Man, this did not sit well with me. I did not like it, but that gameplay loop I just could not put down. And obviously, that's Addictive. what has, yeah, that's what's made this uh, franchise so popular moving forward. And it's still uh, probably it's got to be in the top, you know, at least th- like three most played MMOs currently. I'd have to imagine. I mean, it's bringing in big money, so it makes sense that Sony would grab it. It was a Sony, uh, not exclusive, but they had, uh, you know content first on sony that whole uh promotion before at least with destiny one um and destiny just seems to to want to grow i'm more excited now to see as these things are they're kind of a slow burn to see what what comes out of them but what destiny 3 will look like because you know it's going to have a lot of money put into it and i know you guys know but sony's wheelhouse is those really high-end premium narrative experiences I mean, I would just love for Destiny 3, which already has this super rich lore, uh, to have this, uh, you know, just this incredible backing to it from Sony and see what they can put out. It may be totally game of the year narrative whenever we see that. That may be five, six years from now. But that that's ultimately what I'm most excited for. And uh, just kudos to everybody at Bungie. I mean, they deserve the... For all the, all the trials and tribulations they've gone through over the last 10 years with Destiny, they really... Yeah, I hope they all get a nice bonus out of this. What about you, Josh? Yeah, they deserve it. No, I, I'm actually with Brent. I mean, I think they did pay way too much for that. Just three, what was it, $3.6 billion? What was it, like $3 billion? <laughs> $3.6 billion, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so much money to be paying for, like, one studio. But at the same time, considering the, how much how ambitious Sony is with, like, what they want to do with Bungie stuff, that makes complete sense to me. You know, and I, I understand that more now. I would love to see a Destiny film. I'd love to see, like, a Destiny anime Show whatever they want to do with that stuff. I'm all excited yep. for that kind of stuff. The potential. The thing that just sucks right now is, I mean, I'm not. This is gonna. It's gonna lead into a whole other topic, so I'm not gonna try to take us there. But I'm just so tired of announcements right now. I'm like, where are the games? 
Where are the games? I'm tired of hearing about acquisitions. Yeah, that's not a topic. About announcements. Yeah. Just give me some damn ass games to play. I get it's been the pandemic. I totally get that. But like, I'm still waiting for games to come out that were initially supposed to come out in 20, uh, 2020, 2021 and got delayed because of the pandemic. So it's like, completely understand that. I've been patient for two years. But like, now it's just announcements. We're getting some release dates for games and I'm excited. But I'm like, man, can we just get to that point? But going back... Uh, no, I'm I'm actually excited for that. I think Bungie deserves it. You know, I, I fell off Destiny's bandwagon, and um, it's just because it was just the FOMO. You know, and and right. what they did that shift of uh, taking away a lot of the the year one content and stuff, and that was hard to say kind of bye bye to that for now. But I get why they're doing it. I love what they're doing. Um, I'm so glad they found their way, and they constantly have like if they go down, they always find a way to go back up and stuff like that. I love that about Bungie. Um, I love how much they care. I love just the vibe. The gameplay loop, like you said, Brent, is just second mm-hmm. to none. I mean, I, I, it's yeah, chef's kiss. I, I just, it's so good. It's so amazing. It's addicting in the music in there. I mean, credit to Michael Salvatore. I still love I, the thing I love most about Destiny in general is just that I really got to show how good Michael Salvatore is because everyone always associates Marty with just the Halo music. They always kind of forget to right. include Michael, but, um, no, no, no. I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what they can do. And, I, you know, it's a, it, it's, it's an exciting time. It's an ex, it's a scary time with all these acquisitions. But I'm happy to see that, that Sony's got them. And it just gonna, it's going to make Sony all the more. Um, it's going to give them more incentive. Because, you know, it's even though they said this is going to be multi-platform stuff, there's going to be some stuff eventually in some form or another that's going to be like, you got to get a PlayStation or something. You know, whatever Sony might be doing with their new IP and stuff. you got to have... A PlayStation Five for that, so that's exciting for me. Um, I just I wish we could just jump in time to get to those points where those things are happening. But uh, as it stands, very exciting and very happy for Bungie and the people there. Yeah, I was I was genuinely I saw my I opened my Twitter and I saw this. I was genuinely really excited because, um, and this this will kind of go into what Josh touched on a, a bit already, but. Um, I don't want to see a future where there's not uh, Xbox, uh, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Like, I want all three. I love all three. I have nostalgia for all three. I'm going to continue to invest all three. I don't want anybody to win or defeat the other person or buy the other person. So when I saw that uh, Sony acquired Bungie, and and this has already been said, but I'll say it again, is um, this wasn't a reaction to the Activision Blizzard buyout because there's no way that this could have been done in two weeks' time. It's not possible. So, <laughs> so he's like, fuck uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's not a reaction. Not to mention it's, you know, if, if it's about throwing your throwing your dick around, I mean, it's $3.6 billion versus almost seventy, so it still doesn't really right. do much as, as, as far as competition goes. But it, it made me happy to see this because I was like, okay, there's still that that was like a big it wasn't even a glimmer of hope it was like a giant orb of hope for me to see someone so prominent in the industry like Bungie with a, a title as popular as Destiny is now acquired by Sony that really cemented to me okay this this uh this war is far from over if it is a war um Sony's going to be here for a long time and hopefully all three of them will be around forever i hope they're all successful and they all flourish and do well and and, and bring great content for us but um you know, I don't want anyone to lose. And then and that goes into what Josh said, because the truth of the matter is um, gamers, including myself, and I think everyone here, because we're talking about it in a podcast, right. we care way too much about this shit because it has nothing to do with us, really. This is right. giant <laughs> yeah. corporations and giant bigwigs throwing around giant pools of money 
to benefit their companies and themselves, and it's not based around the consumer. Um, there's little nuggets of good things like, you know, I'm sure it seems like Bungie made this deal with the intention of doing what's best for their studio and their employees, which is awesome. Right. But none of this really has anything to do with giving gamers a better situation or a gamers a better game or new games. And honestly, it doesn't really have anything to do with getting games, period. Like Josh said, there's no new games coming out of this. These acquisitions, and, and largely these acquisitions are just acquiring things we already have, right? Like we already had Destiny and Bungie. We already had Activision Blizzard. We already had the games. Uh, they're just going to be games owned by someone else now. So I, I think um, at least acknowledging that gives us an up over other people. But um, even us, we, 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 we probably care a little bit too much too, if we're being honest, just because it's such an interesting topic. But um, it has nothing to do with us and it, it's not really, it's not about us. So I, I don't know when people get really upset online, I, I saw someone in particular just like so upset that Bungie was owned by Sony. And I was just like, I just guys, I really think, you know, it might be getting a little idealistic here. Like emotions right. are, are, are placed uh, in the wrong place because it ultimately, you know, you shouldn't be that upset about it. Even in worst case scenario, something gets acquired and it's stuck on the other platform, which is not the case with Bungie. That's uh, that's that's in Destiny. That's something that they've made very clear. Um, even so, it's really not the end of the world, you know. I mean, and, and I've actually there's podcasts I listen to where they were talking about this when the Epic Store launched on PC. Mm. There were so many PC players that were irate that they could not get a game on the Steam store. Store, and right. the two co-hosts, the two hosts I was listening to, they were like. Why can't you just open up that little icon for Epic and play the game there? Like it's an OCD thing, right? We and, and that's what and, it is. We all we all have it. We all have it. But it's like you're on the computer already. Why can't you just click the other little icon to play the game? Or, or maybe somebody will, they'll go on Steam and they'll, and it's completely your money. You could do what you want, you know. But the game might be sixty on Steam and it's twenty on Epic, and they're gonna buy the Steam version Still because they don't buy it on Steam. They don't want to, or or the game will be free on Epic because you know Epic has <laughs> right. money, has has bought a bunch of rights to give games for free to get people to their platform, and the people go, no, I want to buy it full price on Steam because they don't want to click that other icon. They want to have everything under that umbrella, and it's like it's really kind of you know, I get the OCD, I have it too. I mean, and Josh and Josh as well. Like Josh wants to buy his third party sure. games on Xbox and. I want to. I'm kind of like Josh. There's certain games I I have to own on Xbox and I have to own on PlayStation. Like if I get a Dark Souls game, I want it on PlayStation. If I get a Doom, like a first person shooter, I want it on Xbox. And Josh is mostly just third party, all Xbox. So we all have those things. But I think even though we have them and we can Indeed. acknowledge that, we can still acknowledge that it's not the most logical thing ever, right? If if Destiny is your favorite game of all time, it's your bread and butter, and the only way to play it was to switch to PlayStation, and that happens five years from now. You can do that. You can switch to PlayStation yep. and keep playing it. But luckily, you don't have to worry about that because it's going to remain on all platforms anyway, so there's nothing to worry about. But uh, yeah, I, the TLDR, uh, before I let you guys talk about it, well, actually, we'll, we'll kind of go into the history uh, of Bungie, I think, a bit more here with the time we have left. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think emotions are too too high and, and too placed into uh, these major corporate dealings that really has nothing to do with us. Do you want to say something about that, Brent, before I go on a bit? Or Yeah, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. It's I just think people are they're anthropomorphizing, like they're they're adding character to something where there is none. It's all strategic business decisions, like mm-hmm. you said. It, it it if anything it hurts us for the most part, but uh yeah. it doesn't hurt Bungie and that's that's the most important takeaway. Um you know, it really doesn't hurt Bungie in that I, and I don't know if many people caught this, but they're opening a second studio in mm-hmm. Amsterdam. I don't think I did see and, that. Yeah, and that's supposed to come this year. 
you know, I think maybe a big part of that is, and supposedly they're going to work on another IP. They're not moving away from Destiny, but they want to have a second IP in their wheelhouse. And I don't blame them. It's been a long time that it's just been the Destiny studio. You know, that could have been a huge part of the Sony deal, too. Maybe Sony wants them to make a, a more narrative-focused product. And God knows Bungie has some of the best, you know, art direction mm. in the industry. I'm sure that's that's a huge part of it for Sony is making that investment in that second studio. And who knows, maybe what they put out from this, this new studio studio is you know take it uh, shadows uh, destiny i mean who knows ultimately i think with destiny for sony it, it could very well be this and it's kind of if you think about it it's kind of funny because sony's all these uh, narrative single player experiences and they're not really known for anything that's a that a tentpole multiplayer experience right that i can think of anyway. yeah i agree that, that is a third party thing they kind of went and grabbed the most like narrative cinematic multiplayer experience that's available with destiny which is it it's just them. funny it, it does it definitely fits them i think it fits their portfolio to do that and i think that was a huge part of it for them too is that they just they were they're lacking that that multiplayer money god knows destiny makes money and that's kind of i think what they were looking for with that accusation yeah no that's good a really, point when i when i saw the bungee logo and the playstation logo together i was like you know it just fits for me. I, I, totally. I, I think it. I like the acquisition. Josh, do you have any more thoughts on that before we kind of go into the history? Yeah, of well, no. I was going to ask Brent. Actually, I was going to ask you. What do you? You know, what's something else outside of Destiny that you would like to see? I mean, you did kind of already mention like another IP. What's the first the thing Bungie? you would want to see? Yeah, like another IP or like a movie of Destiny, a show of something of theirs, or. You know what would be cool, and um, I know all three of us we kind of revisited Bungie's history, and this will actually be a really good segue. Is um, if they picked up, there was a lot, and I was surprised to find this, but there was a lot of passion around um, Oni, the game that they did. Mm -hmm. And it's everybody's oh, like, oh, yeah. sure, of course he says Oni. <laughs> uh, but <Yeah. laughs> uh, there was a lot of passion around that that game uh, ahead of Halo Combat Evolved. And it, they were really kind of hedging their bets with both. They really wanted to make uh, their own take on like a Ghost in the Shell type cyberpunk kind of experience. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really phenomenal because that game got hurt by them having to steal so much of the development away from Oni and put it into Halo Combat Evolved to get that that uh, multiplayer out for that game. And um, it's, a, it's almost a shame because I, I think that they wanted that game to be better. How many of those people from Bungie then are still with Bungie today? You know, I'm, I'm unsure, but uh, I mean, long answer short, I think that would be really neat for them to come back and say you know we're going to take another crack at this maybe they wanted to kind of compete with uh perfect dark i don't know i mean th those games kind of are the same in my head but uh i don't know i wonder what you, what your what your guys's answers would be to that because i think that would be cool and different enough from destiny that uh it would you know work alongside it and it would be a mostly narrative thing too which like i mentioned earlier that's something playstation's always after I think my first thought is I want something different than a sci-fi shooter, right? I think, <laughs> right. I think they've done that for so long. I want something different. But yeah. if they've internally decided they want to stay in their wheelhouse, they want to do what they know, I'd be cool with seeing what a 2026 release of a contemporary marathon reboot would look like. Ooh, that would yeah. be badass, you know. That could that could cool. compete with the greats like Halo and Destiny itself. <laughs> like we don't have Halo. Have that IP. So we're going to go back and Make marathon, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, they could they could really do something interesting with that though, and and, and what that looks like with a twenty twenty because I'm guessing if that they released that that would be something like twenty twenty six probably like that technology 
behind that game and with their shoot with their their art design and, and how well their gameplay loop is that would be amazing that's if that's if they want to stay in their wheelhouse though which sure. I, I actually if i had to place if i had to bet money i would bet they want to stay in their wheelhouse i bet we'll see another first person shooter but if i could choose something crazy i'd like to see a fantasy rpg from bungie i think that would be bad ooh, and they have they a could little, take ooh, they have a little history yeah. they got myth yeah they exactly myth. i was gonna say they could take myth and blow it out into an rpg yeah that would be really cool. I, I'd rather see that than the marathon thing, but I would be pretty excited about marathon as well. What about you, Josh? I actually kind of both. Uh, Mar- well, I'm sorry. Uh, Mist would be pretty dope, like some kind of fantasy RPG from them. Completely, the, just completely the polar opposite of like sci-fi. On the other hand, though, Oni would be pretty dope to see how they could reimagine that, how they could reduce. I, I do like, like that, that idea. Do it in a new way. Because, I mean, I love cyberpunk um, aesthetics and stuff like that. And plus, it's just like, I do remember seeing that game in, like, magazines back in the day. But, I mean, honestly, even though I wasn't aware of, like, who Bungie was, I do remember, like, still vaguely around that same time, Bungie, or I'm sorry, Halo just taking over, like, magazine covers and reviews and stuff. I don't remember ever, like, I see, I remember seeing Oni get promoted. And then I just never really heard from it, you know, after it like came out. So I never yeah. really thought about it. Never took up much rent. Thought, unfortunately, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But no, I, I, either one of those would be pretty cool. Just I, I want something that's very narrative focused, and that's like Brent said uh, perfectly. Like that's Sony's wheelhouse, and that's what they want, and that's what I want. I mean, you have the shared world of MMO experience that's Destiny. So let's, let's do something different. Let's see what they can do with the single player experience again. That's exciting to me. Okay, so let me let me here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna set the stage here for our our last big talking point. And if in the future we want we want to come back and the three of us want to talk about, um, like because we definitely have them right back full. on again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, thank you. If we uh, if we want to come back and talk about Bungie in more of a full length way in the future, we can totally do that. But I actually think I'm gonna I'm gonna set this up, set this question up, and we'll we'll let that go on for as long as it needs to to get that answered. But I think this I think this will probably satisfy me for what I was really looking to talk about in about Bungie, and I think this has been an extremely uh, fun uh, episode to talk about all these topics. But this will be a good one mm-hmm. to set us up. So basically, I'll pass it over to Brent first. Um, so this is the 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 short TLDR version of Bungie's history is. You know, Bungie was started by Alex Seropian, and he brought in Jason Jones, and the two of them had, uh, one of them was a business side, and J- or Alex Seropian was a business side, and Jason Jones was the, the developer side more, and they'd already, Jason Jones had already put out like a game or two, there was like NOP, which is like a Pong build-off, right. and, and there was like the, uh, uh, what's that one, um, something of Crete, I can't remember, there's Pathways, Minotaur of Crete, Minotaur of Crete, Pathways yeah. in the Darkness, right, these little things that really never got any, never got too big, and then Eventually, they became known for Marathon on the on the Apple platforms, Macintosh and stuff, and they ended up doing Myth and Myth 2, The Fallen Lords, which was a, a real-time strategy, which was a little bit different than real-time strategy as we know it, because I'm pretty sure you didn't... I don't think you built bases and stuff. I think you just managed your army. I haven't yeah, played just it myself. The army. Um, but then what really was the transformative moment for them was when they started working on Halo and then got acquired by by Microsoft and became a first person shooter and all that. And all, as we know, you know, that was that was Bungie for like 10 years at least was basically just Halo, Halo, Halo to the grindstone on Xbox until eventually they said uh, we want to be independent again. Uh, we're tired of doing Halo. They had this idea for a fantasy sci-fi online thing, which was Destiny. They got away from Microsoft, became independent very briefly. Then they signed this crazy deal with Activision where they get to retain all of their rights to uh, Destiny as a property. 
but Activision will supply them with capital and money to make it, and they'll work together, and they'll release uh, Destiny 1. I think the original plan was like Destiny 1, 2, 3, and then these little right. comment, they call them comment expansions in between the releases to keep That's the right. money flowing. They had the comments. Oh, wow. Um, but that all ended up changing. They never did a Destiny 3. One came out later. Two came out later. The comments got mixed around, and then eventually Bungie was just like, we want to pay our way out. We don't want to finish this deal with Activision. So they paid their way out of the deal, became independent again. Luckily for them, they did that, like, I don't know what's it been now, less than two years-ish before all the sexual misconduct came out of Activision. So yeah. they dodged that bullet, didn't have to be wrapped into that. Um, they're independent for a while. There was talks of them. I think they worked with Tencent in some kind of, um, like, Tencent supplied them with some capital and some money for working on a new IP. But they've been independent for a little while, and I think some of us started thinking, maybe they're going to be independent for good now, because it seems like Bungie really likes their independence. But then there was murmurings. I think like around the Bethesda acquisition that Xbox, Microsoft might actually acquire Bungie. And they kept saying, no, it's not true. It's not a thing. Um, what we know now is they probably had talks with Microsoft. As many, usually when these acquisitions happen, many different companies talk and offer their best deals right. or whatever. Um, but here we're, we're advancing now to uh, 2022, and Bungie's been acquired uh, by, by Sony. Um, and you can see, if you look at the history of, of Bungie with how much they care about their independence, and you look at the Activision Activision deal, which was so strange because at, at back in that time, you know, Activision being such a behemoth, they weren't going to require they weren't going to acquire the rights to Destiny. They were going to let that stay with Bungie. Bungie's such a powerful name and such a powerful development studio that they've been able to make these weird deals because they made this weird deal where they got to keep the the rights to Destiny even though they were working with Activision and now you get to see them with Sony where they got this deal where they're like okay we get to continue to be pseudo independent within Sony all of our our Destiny's games stay multi-platform and we also get this retention bonus for employees so they they really command they command this presence right they command this ability to um get different deals than most people do. Usually you just see a deal, it's like, oh, uh, one billion, and they acquired the whole studio with all the acquisition, all the t- all the IPs, and that's all she wrote. Uh, but Bungie does it differently. So so I guess my question for you guys, and I'll pass it over to Brent first, is like, wh- I mean, what, does this, what does this make you think of? Uh, how do you feel about this? Looking at Bungie as a studio that's you know, had these humble beginnings, skyrocketed into f- to fame with Halo and Destiny, mm-hmm. and they, they went from independent to not independent to independent again to not independent again they're such an interesting studio what's your thoughts on all of that brent yeah it's like and maybe this will come off as crass but it's like it's like bungie is she's the she's just the the girl everybody wants (laughs) nobody can be with her for too long i love it it's it's too tough it really it must be (laughs) that way and it it, it really she's got everything it's she's got the great art she's got the great gameplay loop the sound design the music it's it's the perfect studio to acquire but they're just constantly you know the closer you get the more they push away i guess is what because i want to build on that i'm gonna get right back to you uh, brent is that's such a great analogy because you can kind of see when they broke off from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this was ever directly said, but I feel like this is more or less the truth, is that Bungie was so unhappy and wanted to be independent. And you know Microsoft in 2007, that's when they went in, that's when they officially signed the independence deal again, was 2007. You know back in 2007, with Halo taking the world by storm, being the biggest thing ever, and, and Bungie being the prime studio and Halo being the prime IP for Xbox, it would make no sense why... Microsoft would want to let that studio leave, but they, oh, no. they but they signed this deal and they they told them they could leave if they made them two more games. They made ODST and they made mm-hmm. Reach, but 
it seems clear to me, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think it's it seems pretty clear, like, it was more or less Bungie was unhappy and Microsoft was going to lose all that talent if they forced them to stay, right? Right. They, they were going to lose what was the integrity of the building blocks of Bungie. So they made this deal and let them go because it was either that or just have a shell of what you had before. And now you go, you know, 10, 12 years, or I guess it'd be 15 years in the future now, wow, with this Sony deal. It's kind of the same thing again, right? It's like let Bungie yeah. do whatever they want and have them keep it multi-platform and have all these retention bonuses because we don't want to lose the talent. We want it to stay. And right. it goes. that's why your analogy yeah. is so great. It's because it's yeah. like, we love her as she is. She's got the hair. She's got the eyes. She's got the body, <laughs> the personality. We want yeah. it to stay. We don't want to to make her upset and, and, and lose some of that. So, But anyways, pass it back to you. That's, that's a great analogy, Brent. What, what do you no, think about you, this? You know, you're totally right. Um, I'm, and I'm glad you like the analogy. But it, it is telling that right off the bat, they're like, okay, it's $3.6 billion, but a third of it is just for you guys. Just stick around, okay? It's like, a, it's, it's almost like, I, I guess like an old Sony's like the old guy he's buying his trophy wife like a hot new Ferrari like alright this is just so you stick around I guess you know and I hate to make Bungie sound so like crass or needy or whatever it is because I, you're I know more that, making that, them sound like they're dominating and that's that's a good I think thing. they are they're, they're the hottest woman in the room is what you're saying right I, mean, they, I kinda... think they definitely are and it, it's a it's really telling because you know like I said personally and I, Josh you said you felt the same destiny just didn't hit right off the bat, but they've really done everything they can, and they've honestly done more independent away from Activision to really Great. seal the seal the message on that on that IP yeah. and, and get more people involved. And it's it's something that kind of all people who play shooters of all different walks and all different preferences uh, have touched in some way. Um, and there's kind of an offering there for everybody. So I think they really are in a dominant space uh, again, which is crazy to think that they just keep doing this time and time again, whether it's with Marathon or Myth. They just they're just known for bangers. Like Bungie just puts out bangers. That's all they yep. do. Even if, yeah. even if Jason Jones is like sealing his own copies in his apartment, I think he did with like yeah. uh, Pathways into Darkness or something. Um, um, yeah, they're just in a dominant spot. They can really they can demand whatever they want. I think at this point, and uh, whoever requires them, Sony in this case, they're just kind of along for the ride, and they they know they'll benefit from this. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. they I mean, and really, if you go back on it, the the only reason why they were ever acquired by Microsoft is because of the the mistake they made where I think it was was it Myth Two? I think it was the game. Yeah, that where fatal you error. Put, yeah, you put the disc in your computer and it would wipe your entire computer slate dry, Oof. like completely empty and it cost them like bad over a million dollars to fix the issue and then they were pretty much sitting as a independent developer they're pretty much sitting at a point where they're like we're about to go broke and have nothing and then microsoft was like okay we're doing this xbox we want this halo thing this blam project you're working on and we'll, we'll acquire you and then they acquired him which is crazy because i think they acquired him for somewhere between 20 and 40 million back in right. 2000 or whatever and now they just got sold for 3.6 which i agree with you uh, i think they did overpay for him but it's it's interesting how you like perceive that the comment of overpaid for them though because I think objectively numbers wise yeah they did overpay for them but when you're considering the talent and what they have and what right. they're worth long term did they overpay for them I don't know it's all it's all subjective right and and I always think of like the pillar of like the thing I always go back to is when um, Disney purchased Star Wars for four point zero five yeah. <laughs> billion because, and I, yeah. I don't think I think George Lucas is an incredibly smart man. I think he knew exactly what he was giving for what he got, and he also vowed to give it all to charity. So it wasn't about money for him. No. But Star Wars, 
is far bigger property than Destiny. It's a far bigger property than Minecraft, which I think Minecraft was sold for like 2.5, which is only a a billion and a half behind Star Wars for freaking Minecraft. This is insane. But Bethesda (laughs) was... Bethesda was sold for three billion more than Star Wars, and Activision Blizzard was sold for astronomical amounts more than Star right. Wars. And I think that, within reason, I think Star Wars is kind of the most uh, profitable one of all of those. I mean, maybe Activision Blizzard still more because there's so many properties, but right. Star Wars was definitely worth more than four billion. They underpaid for sure. They underpaid big time. Yeah. Um, so with with uh, Bungie and the three point six billion. I think we could look back on this in a, another decade from now and be like, well, Bungie's easily worth $10 billion on the low end. Oh, for year. sure. Yeah. So I think... And, and the more they can get, the more to them. I, you know, I wish they got $100 billion for, I mean, for all I can. Yeah, right? I mean, I'll never oh, see yeah. any of it. And, and, to, and to, to, to make a deal where anything is to employ, uh, to benefit the employees is huge because like, that's just not common. You don't hear that most often. You usually don't think about the employees when you're doing acquisitions josh let's hear from you for a bit i'm sorry man what do you think no, no, about no, you're this? fine it's good to listen it's good to listen no it, it's it's giving me thoughts i was gonna say like i i i remember reading about how like when they first got to uh the microsoft offices bungie was just like what the fuck what the fuck you know because it was just cubicles yeah. everywhere right. and they were used to wide open spaces and they loved all that stuff <laughs> that nerd like vibe <laughs> yeah i know so it's, it's a good song i love it yeah. but um they, they were used to, they had that nerdy vibe just coming off off the street, you know, like the dude, like you just take a group of people who would hang out at a LAN party back in the day. And this, that's what they look like. They came in in like t-shirts, you know, graphic t-shirts and jeans and just worked. Whereas Microsoft was all like suit and ties, very formal. And uh, I always love hearing that story. I mean, you know, I go back to uh, all the days of playing games as a kid and, and seeing all the different like studios that would pop up before I got to the press start screen of a game. And and I always just wondered like who these people were, and sometimes I'd see that stuff in like issues of GamePro and EGM and all, so on and so forth. And I was just like, I never really gave too much thought um, to who these people were. But then you know I watched that Halo Two documentary, and I was like, man, I love these guys at Bungie, and the people that were there before, people that have been there after now, and stuff like that. Um, it's just kind of interesting to see the trajectory it's gone on because I think right now where they're at is like a sense of like reinvention. It's like, yes, we're still going to do destiny, but we've also been doing this one core thing. Kind of like Brent said earlier, been doing this one core thing for a long time. Like now it's almost like, okay, we want to do something different. And we, you know, we're looking to, to do that. Like on one hand, there's a part of me that's like, man, y'all are indecisive as fuck. Like you guys are like, I want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. I don't want to be in a relationship. But then, (laughs) then, uh, but on the other hand, it's like, I think they're at a point now where it's like, okay, they had their independence and they're like, you know what? I am ready to, to partner with somebody so I can see what we can do. We want to do more stuff than what we've been doing. And like, it's also just a stagnant time kind of just right now in real life. So I think they're also probably looking to just kind of get refreshed and, and get the finances where they can do something different and explore themselves. Because I would think as a studio, you know, it's the same thing for 343, but you come in and you're just constantly working on the same franchise. It does have to get monotonous because it's got to be exciting when you do finish a game, you ship it, because it's not just... we. We finished the game, guys. It's done. Holy shit. All this crunch, all these years, it's done. It's also like, cool. Now we can get, you know, our creative like influences. We can get our mind grapes just running on something new. And that's got to be cool for them, whatever they're going to end up doing. And, you know, obviously Destiny's going to be continue to be supportive. But like you said, Brent, starting up a new studio, I mean, that's got to be crazy exciting for them, crazy overwhelming, but in like the best way. 
So, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of all, all over with that. But, I mean, I just love to see where Bungie's at. I love their history. I love that they're still around. And I love that Bungie still has an incredibly good reputation because we've seen others like BioWare, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, BioWare's like, they hit rock bottom and they're trying to climb back up. But something like Bungie, they, they've gone down here and there, but they always go back up. They, they're, they're always, to me, they're always like either up or they're at that like good middle ground. You know, I just always feel good about them. I always trust what they're going to put out. It's going to be solid. It's kind of crazy how like creative burnout's kind of the theme of this episode, right? Yeah. Between from anywhere from us to to developers to you know the mm-hmm. the Halo show being a fresh like uh, interpretation. That's a good and point, that stuff, So that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I got uh, a question for each of you guys to give me. It's kind of kind of a closer question. Um, Brent, what is and I know I just said like it doesn't it, it, this all this acquisition stuff's not for us at all and it totally isn't but this is just right. for fun. Um, if you had to see, give pick one uh, developer you'd like to be acquired by Xbox and one developer you'd like to be acquired by Sony. Same question for you, Josh. Um, and I know I put you mm. on the spot, but what's something that seems like it fit? And I guess if if Brent needs time to think, Josh can answer quicker. Either one of you really. Yeah, Josh, if you Ooh. got something, go go for it because I'm really thinking on that. I would it's love. It's kind of like to who see. does Microsoft not own already? Is what yeah, yeah. Left, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's left? To be honest. Who's left? Uh, no, I would I like think... to see them. Go ahead. Oh no! Do you have someone in mind, Josh? I do. I do. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was. I was gonna say maybe two K. I think just in general, like two K. To who? Because I mean, not to Microsoft. Because I would love to see. Yeah, I feel like Microsoft. I could be wrong, but I think Microsoft would be the people to try to bring back some old franchises that because you know it, 2k is like just there's there's so many different two, well there's a couple different 2ks but i mean like 2k sports 2k austin all that stuff it'd be nice to see them them uh do some like kind of reinvent or at least there's some toxicity within the like the 2k sports community yeah. like and i would love to see them kind of like fix that i feel good about microsoft to make that shit happen that's why i feel really good about them with activision it's not even the games to me it's more like the the uh, interior of like going under the the kitchen sink and being like, okay, we're not going to put duct tape on this. We're going to actually get underneath and really fix this shit. We're going to solve it, and it's going to take time, but it's going to be all right. And we're going to make this happen. I would love to see them do that with 2K because it's just gotten so microtransaction heavy. And like, yeah, that gets brought up for like a lot of games, even Halo. But I'm like, it is really bad. It is super predatory in 2K, and I would love to see that get fixed. Also, just miss how much fun it was to play sports game back back in the day and. I don't know. Oh, you know what? Actually, I, I'd be between. I'd be. It'd be between 2K and EA Sports. And yes, I'm coming around to like the sports side of things. But like, it'd be huge if they got EA Sports and you take Madden off the 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 PlayStation table. I mean, that's just that'd be a big power move. Yeah. But well, you know, I don't know. That's the that's the thing I'm building off yours, Josh, because you kind of touched on mine a bit. I here's what I think. Now this is. Let me make the preface here and i think i think all three of us actually agree with this you know we would just prefer everyone can play everything on every platform of course we're not sitting here rooting for someone to steal but this is just a question a hypothetical um i think for microsoft if they acquired ea because this is this is what i could see happening that would work well for them they acquire ea EA. they promise that matt they promise that madden and fifa and whatever will stay multi-platform they make that promise then they take battlefield and they make it exclusive to Xbox. That's a shooter. It fits their wheelhouse well, and they make oh, sure that the game's thanks. qualities get better. Oh, okay, good. Get better. 
I was like, I don't and want then, that. And uh, then, because, <laughs> so, so you got, yeah, so that, and plus they've already got these deals with EA and Game Pass and stuff. I just think EA is a really good fit for Microsoft. I know that they're also the other big third-party publisher after they just got Activision Blizzard. But then for Sony, and this was the one that really makes me excited, I would want Sony to acquire WB, WB Games. Ooh. Because then Sony would get their top quality single-player content uh, crew, to put together the best Lord of the Rings single player exclusive for PlayStation ever, that would blow my mind. I it like the way you're talking, be Brian. Even better, could, yeah, could be like my best. Could be the best video game of all time if they just made this epic, like God of War quality or Horizons. Give me Witcher Three, Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly. That'd blow my mind. And then also that with WB, they'd get stuff like uh, well, they actually they would get um, they get the Batman Arkham games and stuff like oh, that. Would see stuff. That stuff fits, yeah. I feel like, fits Sony very well. So if I, I take WB over to Sony and EA to Microsoft, what do you think, Brent? What, what would you choose? No, I think that uh, I was going to say EA as well. I feel like EA and Microsoft already have this kind of marriage, and they just need to actually tie the knot. Put a ring on it? Yeah, just put a ring on it. If you like today, you should have put a ring yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, remember when, <laughs> remember when um, EA was what, the worst company in America oh, or yeah. something? like. And I think Activision beat them. Something. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's right. And then Activision came around. Uh, like you know, EA is going to take your wallet, but Activision is going to stick their hands in your pants. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't go down a dark alley with either of them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think EA's done, you know, despite the games that they've been releasing coming out, you know, half-baked and just, I mean, half-baked is putting it nicely, to be honest. But uh, they need... Somebody, and this is what I said about the Activision thing. The biggest thing that's going to come out of that, and I think you guys touched on it too, is that there will be a little bit more of a cert process that Microsoft is known for. They they really, this is why BTB took so long to get fixed. I mean, they really they really take a step and review at every point along the way. And I think uh, Activision will get better under the Microsoft banner for that with their predatory practices. I think EA's you know, what they call a video game and what they think is fair to release would get better under that banner as yeah. well. So that's that's a huge part of it for me. So I got to agree with you. I think EA's there. For Sony, um, you know, I know, and I know Ubisoft kind of has there, and that's the publisher, obviously, but that I would think that that would be a big ticket that they could grab. Yeah. Uh, nobody seems to have wanted to really grab it. And I think that's yeah. because they have a lot cooking, and they've really rested on their laurels for a long time. So they're actually probably in a place to kind of grab up, and Sony could do that. And that. in that, they'd be inheriting what should be a really, I mean, would be a narrative tentpole like what they love putting out uh, with Beyond Good and Evil 2. And finally kick that game out the door, which people have been asking for for so long. That, that's a good pick, too. I, I was going to say, now that you mentioned Ubisoft, I'm like, if I could see like a 2026 release of a contemporary rebooted Prince of Persia single-player oh, exclusive yeah. on PlayStation, be amazing. Whatever happened to that? That got announced, and then it just went. Uh, it got delayed like yeah. twice. Yeah. yeah. That's not even a... Re- that's, I'm pretty sure that's just like a... Um, Oh, I don't know how we... Isn't it like a, so some fun. kind of HD remaster type it's, thing? It's more like, like an HD remaster. More, I'm talking about like a full series remake. Full like flight remake. Fair enough. For Prince of Persia. Yeah. I think Ubisoft's a great pick, too. Josh, did you pick a Sony one? I didn't, but I mean, I think Ubisoft is probably the only one I could think of. I mean, I'd like to say, like, pick a good independent studio that's been doing, like, super good stuff for a sure. while, but I honestly couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. Ubisoft would be pretty good, because yeah. it's like... I, I For some reason, it's such a weird thing to, to pick, to nitpick, but I've always had this weird issue with the graphics engine in Ubisoft games. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how yeah, to describe it. I'm with you. Always had a, 
Yeah, it's always had a weird look to it um, that I've not liked, but at the same time, I do have a lot of fun with their games. So, I considering what Sony would enhance that, Sony would enhance that. It's like it's funny because I'm almost it's almost like a divorce, and I'm like Xbox. <laughs> I know you're gonna help raise them and you're gonna help fix them. Yeah. You know, you're gonna get them get them on good shores, but Sony. You're gonna bring out what's already just been highlighted as like the best, you know, and you're you're gonna you're gonna uh, further accentuate that and accelerate that. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I would I'd say that, but man, it, I've, Microsoft by all means buy up EA, give us Battlefront three. That's just, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but they were EA was like, yeah, we're not doing Battlefront three. Yeah. They were just hard. Well, no Mar- Marcus Leto, obviously of Halo fame, he's now with Dice, right? So they yeah. should see something out of that. Mm-hmm. He'd be back at Microsoft if they acquired EA. <laughs> right, yeah. Come all the way around. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. Yeah. and Sony did say themselves, they were like, hey, we're not done with acquisitions yet. That was just the first. Oh, did they? I didn't catch that. Yep. Yeah, I can't remember Yeah, there's a lot more to come. Point. And Jeff, Jeff Keighley said he's heard, already knows of some of them that haven't been released yet. Yeah, really? okay. it's going to be interesting. Crazy. It's going to be an interesting year of, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, a, 2022 is going to be the pissing contest is what it's going to come down to, I think. Yeah. Apparently. Even though Microsoft And I think there's a lot of good games coming out, too. Yes, I'm that's not the pissing contest, but everyone's about. already drowning in Microsoft piss. <laughs> <laughs> which which piss do you prefer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one yeah. that tastes uh, like lime. Yeah, I know. I'm or, excited no, 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 too. Bah. We need some games. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Brent, yeah. Is there any game like this year you're looking forward to? Oh, man, I mean, obviously, I think we're all looking forward to seeing these expansions for Halo Infinite. What that's you know what shape that's going to take, and what we'll see that coming this do. year. But I'd love to be wrong. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think it's possible with. The, I mean, the co-op stuff not even coming out till later. I know, but it's hard to imagine it comes out any later than eighteen months. I think from release, like this, you just lose too much momentum. I think with that narrative, like kind of, it's kind of like who would care? Uh, I mean, we would care, but from a broader perspective, and that seems to be the biggest complaint people keep levying is that they've had all this momentum. The framework for this fantastic product is there. It's just. It's they just it, they weren't ready, and it, it, whether that's related to COVID or you know just the market as a whole, the you know the the product is fantastic, but they're almost hurting their own momentum by having released it when they did and releasing it, you know, without certain features available. So we'll see we'll see how they tackle that. I mean, I know all the three of us will be along for the ride no matter what. Outside of that, uh, there's just a lot coming out that I'm just super stoked for and. Uh, it's a lot of it is stuff that has a, a, had a really good presentation that I haven't yet played. I haven't even touched their uh, first uh, title, but I'm looking forward to the sequel in some way. Like uh, Plague's Tale is one of those where I'm I'm gonna actually kick off the first game. I haven't even played it yet, um, but the second one just looks phenomenal, and everything I've heard is really exciting from that. And uh, uh, the uh, Senua's Sacrifice Games, the, mm. the next one of those, too. Mm. I haven't played mm-hmm. the first one. I'm looking forward to So I have a back catalog I need to dig into that is going to pay off this year for me because these sequels are arriving just in time. Yeah, I know what yeah. Josh's what a- is, but I, 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 I'm excited for the same one as Josh, too. too but my, my number one would be Breath of the Wild 2 if it actually comes out this year. I would love just a new Zelda experience, and uh, it's been it'll be five years this year since the last one. So. Right. Um, that would be cool, but other than that, no, that I, I might be, be forgetting. I don't, I don't know if I'm forgetting anything else that's coming. Oh, I mean, I'm here's the thing. This is where I'm stuck right now. I love the Soulsborne games. I, I just adore them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elden Ring comes out in less than a month, and normally I would be through the roof excited, but 
I'm just tired of hard games. I'm just I'm exhausted by them. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm just over it, you know. Like, and I, I just watched a new thing about Elden Ring, and they were saying that the game's just as hard as the others. And I'm like, that's not exciting to me. And I know for people who are listening that are Soulsborne fans are probably going, Brian, you're a wuss. You're 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 you hate. You don't know. You, you suck at these games. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what? I've beat Dark Souls one, three. I beat Bloodborne. I beat Demon Souls. I beat them all without any help. I didn't use any summons. I can beat these games. It's not about not being able to beat them, but I don't enjoy struggling that much. I don't enjoy the difficulty being that high. I, I literally, we're talking about me coming home from work and spending six hours fighting the same boss, right. never, beat, never beating him, and then going home and then going to bed. Uh, I just, I'm just not about it. It's just not for me. I understand it's for other people. Um, and while I say that, there's a very strong chance I'm buying Elden Ring this month, and I will hate myself. <laughs> I will absolutely hate myself because is that this month? I will. It'll just. Yeah, it's this month, and wow. it, but it's it's not relaxing to me at all. It's it, it's kind of the antithesis to why I play games for because I I don't relax when I play it. The thing is though, the worlds are so amazing and the the, the atmosphere and the and just the way you feel completely transported by the Souls games, and that's why I love them so much. But you just can't. I mean, I know some people out there are doing it with the Guitar Hero controller with their eyes closed. <laughs> it takes everything <laughs> I have to just beat the game once. So, yeah. um, so Elden Ring or but Breath of the Wild two be the main one. Josh, tell us about yours. I know what this one is. Okay, mine was okay. It's actually changed a little bit because I forgot about uh, I forgot about a game. So initially, it was the ones Brian's referencing is uh, Lego Skywalker Saga. Super excited yeah. for oh, that. Yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've, I've missed those and. Um, just it just seems like it's gonna have so much replayability and i just i need that kind of game i want that kind of game right now but uh the game i keep forgetting that actually is my most anticipated is boulders gate 3 that's been in early access Ooh, oh yeah on like steam for like the longest time and anytime i've watched people playing that it looks beautiful and it's like it's supposed to be so long and i mean i love tabletop it just it, what's that Who's the developer on that? Larian Studios, I think they did a uh, Divinity Original Sin. Okay, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm really excited for that. Um, not just as a D and D fan, but it's just like just to get like a turn based, fully fledged RPG with a story, create your own character, that kind of stuff. I miss that kind of Bioware, Bethesda. Well, more Bioware, but like I just miss that kind of shit anyway. So I'm really excited for that. But also Hogwarts Legacy. I've heard rumors that um, Fallen Order Two, whatever name that gets me come out this year even though i'm thinking that's probably going to be 2023 but like nah, would love please to no see Cal that Kestis, please no calcestis <laughs> but uh i don't know i mean there's I so many honestly he's the worst but, protagonist of all uh, time. he's <laughs> okay he's not bad but brian hates brian you hate him like uh, we hate Roland. yeah I, you yeah. know what i'm trying to think of who i like more that's tough you know what i probably like calcestis a little more than Roland. if i can <laughs> But Cal Kestis sucks. He also sounds like something you'd find in the health market at the grocery store. Oh, my Cal God. <laughs> <laughs> 60 milligrams of Cal Kestis. Like, Brent, yeah, Brent's like, I work at a grocery store. And Brian, that's that's accurate. Yeah, that's real. pretty good. <laughs> Whole Foods type thing. Yeah. But lots of good stuff coming out. Josh, do you have a thought to finish? I, I interrupt you? Or? Yeah, no, no, no. You're good. Sure. I mean, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, a lot of good games to come out this year. It finally seems like between films and games... We're gonna finally see the catching up 
of like everything's pulled into 2022 it seems like a little bit into 2023 but like films you know you're getting batman you're getting the new fantastic beast you're getting jurassic world you're getting like tons of other stuff you know yeah um and then television you know you're, you're getting tons of television video games tons of stuff everything that's been delayed it seems like it's finally coming out so even though there's that part of me that's like where's the damn games i'm sick of announcements i you know i know the developers are out there like they're coming just just you know just wait right just wait they're getting there just so patient. you know yeah just a little longer and that, I, I'm excited because, like, in March, you know, I got a new WWE game coming out I'm looking forward to. Then April, Star Wars. And from then on there, you know, it's, it's going to – the ball's going to keep rolling and stuff. So, I mean, I got enough right. to tide me over. And I've been having a renaissance with Skyrim and obviously still playing some Halo Infinite here and there with the multiplayer at least. And um, and just kind of going all around a little bit and just kind of jumping around and seeing what sticks and stuff. So, I mean, I kind of like these periods because – when certain games come out, it's like that's the only game I want to play, and I get hyper fixated. But I kind of like I'm kind of enjoying this period of where I can like just choose when I do have the time uh, to play what I want to yep. play. This is like right. these are those periods where I get to catch up on games, get to go through my back catalog a little bit and stuff like that. So I'm kind of enjoying uh, where that's at, I guess, and looking onward. If I could piggyback off that a little bit too, like I just bought. Um the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm really excited. Ooh. I haven't played those in ten years, so they're nice. sitting here. It's on sale right now too for anybody on PC. It's it's half off, so uh, went and grabbed that. So yeah, like I said, and like you said, Josh, a huge back catalog that I just got to really start grinding through. But that said, I'm still playing Halo Infinite almost every day. I might That's take yeah. one day off a week. I'm I'm still super into it. Catch me on Fiesta in Behemoth all day, every day. I'm, <laughs> I'm still just grinding. And I, I mean, again, I, I think it just a huge part of it is just that that gameplay is just phenomenal. And I'm yep. really swept up by it, too. And it's helped with what like we've touched on the uh, the content burnout, for sure. It's, or even added to it a little bit, because it's like, well, I could record a podcast or I could just... You know, Play get a quick 25 kills on yeah. you know, whatever it is. <laughs> I get <laughs> so. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, man, this has actually been a really uh, intriguing, fun podcast. We've had a lot to talk about, and I feel like we definitely it was content rich getting it all in this time frame. Um, Brent, would you yeah. want to do you want to drop all your like places to find you and your podcast and stuff so people know? Sure, of course. Yeah the the podcast is uh, O N I Nightwire, and uh, if you're not already listening or subscribing, you know, feel free to check it out. Uh, like we've touched on it's here, good. It's been a little. <laughs> yeah, I know these guys love it. Uh, that's uh, the hardest part about the burnout is having the people who love it the most, you know, reach out to you and be like, "Come on, man, come on back. We, you know, we miss you." And that's actually how I'm able to keep doing this, to be honest, though. Yeah, you know, if we got a big enough community as people, it's like, well, if if I'm not there for a week, they're gonna know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it's been. Unfortunately, uh, I think our podcast really lends itself to uh, going back through the back catalog. It's something you can pick up. It's not very heavy on news, and um, you know, to add to what we were saying earlier, it's you know, I, I don't need to get on a weekly basis. I don't need to jump in front of the news. That's really not what it's about. It's more like. Uh, like the hardcore history of Halo, and uh, it can really be enjoyed at any time. And people have been enjoying it. So for those that are already listening, you know, thank you. That was that was a huge part of getting me back uh, out of my shell too. Was I mean, I was so devoid from the content for that for that burnout phase that I didn't even look at the the listenership. And I know you guys do your best not to either. But then coming back to see how many people had been enjoying it, 
I was impressed and I really, I was taken aback and really grateful. So that got me, all right, let's, you know, let's get up off the couch here. <laughs> and there's people who are still enjoying what is there. It's time to put some more out there. So, you know, looking forward to getting back into the swing of things with that. And then on uh, Twitter at uh, ONI1412249 BB, if you can catch that. Uh, and I'm pretty, I'm not uh, so active on there like you guys are. And I'm always there just, you know, liking and retweeting your stuff. But that's a big part of it is just, uh, I was never into Twitter at all for its entire lifespan. And then just in the last year, for whatever reason, I've picked it up. Um, and that's only because I got rid of everything else, Facebook mm-hmm. and Reddit and Instagram. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me pick up Twitter. Let's see what this is all about. <laughs> it seems to be the worst of any of them, to be let honest. Let grab another evil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it honestly seems to be far worse than any of them, but I, I got rid of three for one. So uh, yeah. I'm looking to have a more of a presence on there for sure as I kind of, like I said, get back into the swing of things. But yeah, ONI Nightwire podcast. Check it out. I hope you like it. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back to making it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, if you guys want to find uh, Josh on Twitter, he's at Dress Josh. If you want to find me, I'm at Brian's Bane, and we are at Sacred Icon Pod. Uh, we've loved having Brent here. Uh, it's been a great time. Actually, Missed this is even this is even better than our last time to together. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks again, guys. Uh, you guys bring me back anytime. Yeah, that'd be Absolutely. great. And uh, guys, make sure you check out Oni Nightwire. Uh, uh, Brent's a great Do dude. It. He's been here for a long time. I don't, I don't remember a time when you weren't here. You must have came into the podcast first six months we were doing. I know, you know, it's the hardest part of listening to your podcast is going through the, the patron shout-outs at the end. I'm always like, God damn, I'm, I'm like the last one of the last five or something. I'm always like, just so you know, I love listening to it all the way to the end too, but I'm always like, your ear keeps perked for your name, I guess, which yeah. is not an experience yeah. you guys have. Yeah. But then you're like, man, I'm like, gosh, when's it come? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm always su- surprised too. I'm like, God, those were early days. <laughs> Who knew that's one of the that's one of the things that uh, we never really planned. We didn't like plan that out and say this is going to be something we do that's successful. But like people freaking love the patron shout out. So you guys uh, doing which, well. Which, which well, thank, thank you. you. And, and which people we don't we don't do them on guest episodes. So people who are listening right now are going, oh man, come no. on. But uh, <laughs> Josh, I'll let you uh, say the last compliment king words here uh, before I uh, take us out. Hell yeah, going out on a compliment. Brent, I love you so much, man. I missed you so much. Your hair, you guys can't see it. It's looked amazing this whole oh, episode. It's nice. Yeah, it's super yeah. sharp. I can't get my hair like it's that. Very nice it looks hair. amazing, especially with the mustache she's got going on. Can't pull that off, but Brent can. Uh, but no, Brent, seriously, <laughs> super entertaining stuff. I still think Oni Nightwire is doing what no one else is doing, and I I don't listen to other Halo podcasts as much, but I try to catch that one when I can. Um, not to put the other ones down, but it's just I, I love what you're doing. I love your approach, and Plus, I get that kind of relaxed feeling. I usually try to check your stuff out whenever I come back from break at work because it's like the last half of my yeah. shift, and I'm like super dozy, and I'm like, okay, Brent's gonna like b- make me like not doze off. He's gonna keep me awake, but he's also gonna keep me super <laughs> relaxed. So it's like really enjoying yeah. and, and stimulating in that way. So I, if you guys are looking for that, like just, I mean, even if you're you, you just you haven't checked out Only Nightwire, but you're looking for some kind of Halo that's just a little bit uh, different. Um, just than what's out there honestly just go check it out just go give one episode a listen and you'll you'll be hooked and stuff like that because brent brings it and like i said was it ali was your friend yeah ali um yeah. and he goes by devil and he changes name as often as possible and i he's <laughs> he's the type of character too if i give him a shout out uh him and i he loves halo and he had never played one or he had only just played one um oh shit you know I think he played Halo Combat Evolved when he had already loved the lore and knew it like the back of his hand uh, for like 10 years. 
he only got an Xbox One to play Halo 5 just because I talked him into it. And then he sold it like maybe like four months later because he's like, all right, I absorbed it. I'm good. His love for Halo is outside of the games. It's totally outside of it. So huge shout out to him. He's been one of my best friends for almost as long as I can remember. And uh, he's, he's super unique and I'm, I'm lucky to have his talent alongside the podcast. Now, if I could only just get him to get on, then we could have two voices and bounce <laughs> off each other. And I, yeah. at this point, I, I'm practically bribing him. I'm, I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, come on. What do you need? What do you want? Get like, on there, buddy. He's probably laughing right now. Uh, yeah. yeah Sacred.com wants you there. <laughs> I know he, he and he's just too modest. He's overly modest. Is part of the problem, but I'm hoping. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But he's very much a part of it, and I couldn't do it without him. Yeah, no, one of yeah. one of the coolest things about Halo is how it is. It is. It really is one of those franchises where you can you can love that universe and absorb it, and it not be the games. You know, it, it's done such a great job. From I mean, the book technically came out a month or two before the first game, so right. it's always had that parallel of both it's running a, beside each other. It's based on a book but, series, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> Based on a novel. Actually, yeah. did you know? No. But uh, yeah, guys, this has been a, such a great time. Thank you for coming on, Brent. Um, we loved Thank having you. you. Loved having you Love. here. I hope you all enjoyed listening to this. Make sure to leave your thoughts. Uh, either come in the Discord and join us and, and let us know what you think about all these acquisitions and creative burnout, all that stuff, or... Or leave a comment on Twitter. We'd love to hear from it. But uh, guys, thank you for listening to the Sacred Icon Podcast. And as always... Keep it sacred.